All right, clap sync. Three, two, one. Did I hear a clap? I clapped. Oh no, your noise suppression must be on then, because I didn't. Are you hear sure? Shit. It said it wasn't on. God damn it, Discord, please no. <laughs> Okay, no matter. I mean, it's in the recording. You'll be able to match up the sure. the thing there. As long as you clapped, then we're all good. I did. I clapped. There was that brief moment of panic. But anyway, hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of V Question Mark, where I, myself, Zoe, and McCoy and Elena are sitting down to talk about week two, in which nothing ever happened. So <laughs> yeah, we'll join you next week. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> it really does oh. feel like we've switched to like a like an anime or something that releases an episode every week and then everyone just talks about it. You know what I mean? Like, and like the, <laughs> you're like sitting there at school being like, yo, like, did you see the new episode? Like, yeah, man, I did. It was fucking crazy, man. And like, <laughs> that's what it feels like too. Cause like, I mean, we're going to get to it in like two seconds, but there's been insane shit going down and I'm already, I already feel like I've had multiple lifetimes of emotional response to everything. Yeah, I definitely feel like we're farther into the season than we are. Like it feels like, like last week felt like week one. It was like exciting and new. What we're gonna do. And now I feel like we're like grizzled war veterans already being like, all right. And then some shit went down. Like I just feel yeah. like we've been around yeah. forever. And I think part of that actually is I did before we even start with anything, wanted to ask, and maybe someone knows the answer to this, but how many weeks is this thing? Is it six weeks? Question mark? Five weeks. Five weeks. That's why. Because five weeks is not that many fucking weeks. Mm -hmm. We're almost halfway exactly. there. Yeah. Okay. That's I why. I was going to say, like, a lot of these teams that are now 0-2, I've, like, originally my argument for a lot of these was going to be, like, they still have time to bring it back. But then I realized it's five weeks, and I'm like, Wait, well, they shit, don't. they've got to win the next one if they want to have a winning record. Yeah, they yeah. really don't it's, have it's, a lot of time. Is this just, like, a group stage that was, like, basically, like, Yes. Put over a month? Yeah, or? I think it is, essentially. I think it's kind of a good way to think about it. It's like it's a really extended group stages. Okay. Because it's just one of those things where it just like, it feels like, it feels like a tournament, but they just went in slow motion in the group stage or something. <laughs> I don't know. <sighs> yeah. But yeah, okay. It's, it's all like, it, it's all interregional and it's all just slow paced, but still best of threes at least. But still like, I think there's something odd to me about the fact that these teams are only facing each other once mm -hmm. yeah. before going on to the playoff stage only because some of these games end very close where like sure the series goes two to one to a particular team but you're like well that could have been a toss-up that could have gone either way that could have been like a pick and bands thing that could be an agent select thing like yeah i want to see these two face off head to head again and it's like likely possible that it won't happen unless i guess both of them make it out of the group stages but then i think by the time they reach playoffs i'm sure they're going to try to seed it where you know group a faces off against yeah their teams yeah they're, they're, they're kind of conference it. style yeah. where they're like yo these yeah. people are like <laughs> these north american teams are from the west coast these are from the east yeah, coast like that. <laughs> yeah even though that like means nothing in the digital but yeah Dude, I, I totally agree, and I feel like it's kind of odd because I feel like was, weren't all the narratives like, what are people working on? Like, like they're going to try shit out. And it's like, can you even really try shit out if you get Well, I definitely games? said that maybe even last week, but definitely this week. I was like, oh, I think it was Ascend, which we'll talk about later. But I was like, it's fine, guys. Maybe they just wanted to try out these comps and, like, see what's happening. And they're workshopping some things, and they have, like, time to do that here because it's a, you know. A league. It's a league. But... Then I was thinking about it later, and I was like, they don't have time to try shit out. They need to win these games. Like, there's really not a lot of time for... I mean, unless they're really confident that they're going to win everything else, like, I would not want to try out something and be like, eh, it might work. 
Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And I think it actually plays into like a lot of what's happened in the drama in NA this week. That's exactly what I was going to say. I don't... I will say, I will preface, I do not want us to be a drama podcast channel, Mm -hmm. but also at the same time, like, (laughs) well, but I think we can talk about perhaps some particular news with a particular NA organization (laughs) in a, let's try not to bring out tweets or something and be like, and -and so-and-so replied this, and then this person responded with this meme, and then that person responded with this YouTube clip. And so I know, it's pretty brutal, man. But the thing is, like, dude, it's like, okay, yes, I totally use your saying because you you want to respect yourself. And I understand the (laughs) desire to do that. Um, But, you know, as small creators, we could also just dive Mm -hmm. in, say fuck it, lose all of our respect for ourselves and just be a React channel. Um, But here's what I mean, though. (laughs) Oh, dear. But here's what I'm I'm, I'm actually just kidding about that. But here's the real truth about it is that, like, yes, uh, drama does exist. And it is somewhat, I could say, cringe, maybe at times. Um, This one's not even, like, the most cringe by far, although it was really cringe when I heard the news, though. (laughs) When I was, like, flipped (laughs) over my phone and, like, Zoe messaged me that, I was like, oh. Oh, um, but it's like, I do think there's a value not to have it take mm-hmm. over the show, but there's a value for us with potentially more reasonable perspectives than the knee-jerk reaction you see on Reddit to talk about these sorts of things. I actually think we stand a chance to potentially do them more justice or have some more nuance in there, or at least leave them a little bit more open-ended potentially than they actually sometimes feel right away. Mm-hmm. Um, because mm-hmm. there's a lot of perspectives to see something like this. So, okay, we all get taken over by the drama. But I think it's fair to say, like, you know, maybe reasonable people talking about drama can be reasonable. I don't know. Let's find out. I, I do mm-hmm. think having calm, collected, measured takes <laughs> is the way to go. Mm-hmm. Yes. You mean, I uh, maybe mean, you mean, hot, you mean hot none hot of us should cry. <laughs> so literally on my other podcast, I got just destroyed in a, in a review for take, having hot takes. And so, like, okay, <laughs> Zoe's lured <laughs> from my mistakes, I guess. On that one. <laughs> I mean... To be honest, with that review for that other podcast, like, I listened back on that episode. You were, like, the most, like, level-headed, like, dissenter of that game ever. And this guy's like, this guy's bullshit. And I'm just yeah. like, yeah. he's yeah. being so kind. I know. <laughs> and he... You know what's really anyway. hilarious, though? This is what really ties that story up. I okay. was actually talking about the other instance when someone said <laughs> that I'm <impressing. laughs> But okay, 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 okay. Wait, Zoe, can you set us up? What the fuck happened? You text me some shit because you found. Oh wait, are we going into that right away? Yeah. Okay, cool. Oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I didn't know what was yeah. happening. I'm just, I'm, I'm mentally preparing. Drama first, so, baby. I mean, okay. if you're listening to this and you know what has happened for week two, like, let's be honest, we are not going to just not mention the 100T Guard series in sure. which Guard did mm-hmm. win. 2-1. However, you think, okay, 2-1, Hundred Thieves did bring a map off. Yeah, well, the problem with that is that Guard 13 owed Hundred T yeah. on the very last map in a dominating fashion. Like, it yeah. did not even look yeah. close. It wasn't. It was not. It wasn't. McCoy and I, so McCoy, I think I, like, walked in the house after work one day, and McCoy's like, I just watched the fucking craziest thing. And I was like, what yeah. the fuck? Yeah. And he's like, yo, you will never believe it. Can I spoil it for you? And I was like, yeah, I mean, go spoil it for me, whatever. And he, I guess you just like, you just happened to tune in live, right, McCoy? Like, yeah. you just were like, oh, I'll see what's on right now, and just tuned in live. I was like, oh, game three between these guys? I have been wanting to check in on the 100 yep. story. And here's what I caught, I'll tell you. I fucking caught the analyst desk where someone was like, you know, because okay, because apparently the first game's overtime, right? Mm-hmm. I didn't see it. Overtime, and the guard won, but just barely. Okay, and then it split, which is the map that Hundred Thieves was recently 
embarrassed on. I think mm-hmm. it's fair to say it, it's it's hurtful, but yeah. But also, you know, we just we you know listen to our episode. We just had a bunch of caveats for them as to why like they're a new team and why it was hard circumstances. But the reality was, yeah, they got beat on split a lot, and it was a lot from errors. So that's happening, right? But then the 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 caster or the analyst, I guess, on the analyst desk is saying, hey, but they actually did really well on this split this time. And this is actually a really great showing from them, and it shows that they are able to potentially uh, work on their mistakes once they, once they see them and adjust. And then you think to yourself, well, a new IGL on the team, right? Like maybe they fix split after that, mm-hmm. and, you know, they might need to lose essentially every map from here on in, but then can fix them afterwards. And especially if you're thinking in that whole, like, rosy glasses, like the, the split's so long sort of situation, right? You're, everything seems good. And so I'm like, cool, I want to see how game three goes, though, because... You know, it seems like Hundred Thieves might just take it because the first one was close and the second one wasn't close, um, but Hundred Thieves was winning it. So, like, that's really awesome. Let's see how it goes. And the devastation that I watched after that was just, oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. So, like I said, like, not a close series whatsoever. And, I mean, I think that can be a variety of factors. Elena, you're going to say something about it. Well, no, I was just going to say that it was so bad that McCoy and I watched it last night because he's like, you got to see this shit is crazy. And knowing that it was a 13-0, it was almost boring because there's just no hope. Like, every round that you watch, you're like, and they lose this one. Mm-hmm. Okay, and they lose this one too. Oh, that's an interesting because if at least like, like a thirteen-two, you're like maybe this is the one that they win. But with a thirteen-zero, man, it was just it was dismal. I think it felt exactly. bad. Yeah, very specifically, a thirteen-zero that was spoiled already. In your case, Elena yeah. was literally like you because like they get a pick right, or they'd have a gun round, and you'd be like, they have everything they need. This is the gear. This is where they got to turn it on. But you just know it's not going to end well. But you know, right? Yeah, exactly. So, so what about what about your experience? I mean, surely it was just shocking. Well, so I was, yeah. So I was watching. I watched the entire series. So it's true. Like Haven. So the thing with Haven is that um, guards started out super strong. They ended the half ten and two, um, and then Hundred T started this rallying comeback on the second half that then brought it into overtime, which guard then went out. But you could commend Hundred T for like being able to have the mental fortitude to, you know, right. be able to make it close in the first place. Cause it didn't look good to start out with split half and six, six. And then a hundred T just wipes the floor with guard wow. uh, for that second half, like guard. They were trying their hearts out for an attack side and a hundred T was just denying. And it's true. hundred T was looking really good and really solid for that split map. It's kind of like what you would think Hunter T would look like if they didn't get shot with a frenzy in the back when their <laughs> friend's supposed to be looking at B long. But yeah. anyway, yeah. that's neither here nor there. But like, it, seems here. It, is that, it is that similar kind of domination though that looks familiar, but also you're just being able to see them just kind of being able to close out a series very decisively. Um, and then Ascent comes along. Yeah. And so I'm watching this on about a half hour delay about, and I just started watching and McCoy messages me being like, dude, this map three is insane. Yeah. And I'm thinking in my head, oh, sweet. Yeah. Like, this is going to yeah. be a yeah. toe thing. Like, I'm so excited. So I quickly text him. I'm like, I just started watching. No spoilers, please. Yep. And I didn't realize that in texting me 
30 minutes into the future of what I'm about to yeah. watch, I didn't realize the game had already ended, yeah. I guess. Yeah, so what's actually what's really interesting is it had not already ended, but goddamn, it was close. And even I, at that time, did not know how fucking close it was to be <laughs> Because literally, Elena and I were, like, sitting here, and she, like, gets home or whatever, like, you know, late, I think she, you had dinner with your sister, whatever the fuck, right? You just come home, and you're like, dude, it's late. I don't think I have time. And I'm like, you have time for this one. <laughs> this one's quick. So, yeah, I agree. Oh, my God. Oh. And, and so you're like, don't spoil it. And I was like, oh, cool. I won't spoil it. And I was like looking at the words I wrote. And I was like, you know, it's both not wrong and not really spoiling it. I mean, it if I had known, I would. I should have been smarter and not said anything. But I did say something. But I actually am like, okay, I still think there's a large amount of surprise here on the other side of this. So let's see how this goes down. Yeah. And, and sure enough, I believe my next message was just, oh. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Oh, this is what you meant. It like, was oh, crazy. No. It was nuts. It, it, was, it was insane. And listen. I've I have i have seen the Reddit threads. Everyone's knocking on 100T for their comp, not having a right, sure. jet with a dash, whatever. Mm-hmm. Listen, while I can maybe see some like maybe there's a little bit there where it's just unfortunate that 100T did not start on defending side. Maybe yeah. they have more defense comp. That being said, they still lost the pistol very decisively. But probably by the time they actually were able to defend, they were tilted off the face of the earth. Oh, yeah, yeah they were destroyed. broken. <laughs> I think, right, they're isn't destroyed. it late in the first half that Sia player gets like a, four, like a ridiculous 4K with knives? It is late in the right. half. It's exactly. in fact off, I believe, like the best chance that 100 Thieves had had yet yeah, to they, like, get, get a T-round. It's looking kind of good. You're like, well, all right, here th- we go. If this is the same round, I think it is. It's like, and, and these were all happening back to back and there was a bunch of these, but there was one where Asuna gets the flawless chamber pick with his ult. It's this insanely fast flick and t- TP out, instant reaction. It's such a beautiful pick. And, you know, from, strate- from a strategic side, you know, a one for zero is such a great way to start mm-hmm. as attackers. And then Jet just gets a 4K. It's just like... It's- I-, I actually believe he got the pick on the Saya player, but then the Sage rezzed him mm-hmm. before that 4K as well. I, think I, mean, right. I might be yeah. getting my rounds confused, so but I seem to recall yeah. it was one of those things where he got revived and then just destroyed all of a sudden. Oh, God. Um, yeah, because yeah. I think there's a lot of yeah. things... No, I think you're right. Sorry. But- But there's a lot of things, but at the same time, I was seeing a lot more dysfunctionality on 100T just in how they played the game. I mean, I think one round that caught my attention, and I don't know the specific round per se, but 100T is on uh, pistols. The other team has rifles, so 100T decides to go all five-man mid. Yeah. And you kind of, you got to do it. Like, you just got to be able to get a pick. But I knew that it was doomed the moment where I saw Eccles in his astroform trying to put down stars to cover um, like the backside of backside of mid um, so that no one will be able to peek as they sneak their way into market or just charge their way into market more like it. Um, and I just saw, I think it was like Asuna and Ethan, yep, yep. like not even looking at the CT side as they're charging into market because they think that the smoke from the Astra stars are already up and it was and they're not it, up. it wasn't mm-hmm. yeah they're yeah. not up and they, like, and they come up like two seconds after after like a free spray opportunity to people's backs just mm-hmm. happened totally agree right like net net gets an easy 2k because the players aren't looking at him charging into market and he just gets a 2k and then you see the smoke go up and then you have three players stranded in mid just being like well fuck like what do we do? And so it's like, it's plays like that where I'm just like, hmm, 
there is a lot of dysfunctionality on the communication side that is happening here but then also just in like i don't know player restraint like i don't know yeah. like asuna mm -hmm. and ethan probably could have like yeah it, it's it's the coordination that was definitely off and i just saw that a lot you know players just getting picked off right and left while they're spread out all over the map um you know but also at the same time, I think there was a lot of reminiscent of like the Breeze series with C9, where it's just like sometimes 100 Thieves as five men would just stay in like that B area for the longest time as they're just wasting their utility trying to get info. But Saya players just like, what, like peeking them? And like they're scared, like they yeah. won't get into the B site because of it. Yeah. Um, it's a it's a mentality thing that is like, yeah. honestly, like as a as like someone experiencing calling it's like i think it's a almost like a mental poison or something it's like when you're stunned and pe like petrified that's the way to describe it it's petrification it's like they're thinking like well if we just hold maybe they'll walk into us and that's like the best they can come up with in those scenarios and it's true there are instances actually and some of the best teams in all of counter-strike have called freezes on the map uh, which means just, like, let them make the next mistake. Like, hold everything. Like, be ready for them to make a play. A classic example of this is if you get, let's say, okay, so you get a pick. So the traditional thought behind you get a pick is that now you have advantage and the other team needs to do something to get it back or else if you play the trading game, they're going to lose because they have four and mm -hmm. you have five. And so you can actually go two for zero up if you get a pick, freeze, and then catch one of those people trying to make a playback. And then you go two for zero by catching him off guard when he thought he could get a sick flank in. But that's not this. This is like we get all the way over to B, we get stopped. And then we don't rotate, but we don't really re-hit. We just kind of stall out. And, like, that's petrification. And that is just that just shows you they do not have a decisive uh strategy in that moment mm -hmm. they, they just don't that's right. like the worst thing you can do because here's what's happening when that when that if you think about the map what's happening right there is if the a player at any point in time uh, on the defense decides to push through get a little bit of information poke throw a sky flash out or whatever or like sova drone or anything he's going to realize that there's no one there and then he's going to take all of that map space from you and if the mid player pushes through at any point in time during this freeze that you're doing which is like 30 seconds plus they can take all of that ground from you and so then what this means is that even if you want to go back to A, they are at your front door. You have to go through the entire map to do so, and they could be hiding behind every piece of geometry between where you exist and B. Not just in the sites anymore. You have no more control. You have nothing. And so the chance that you get 3K'd from someone hiding behind something is insanely high if you rotate. And so that's why like this petrification is really dangerous. You just lose everything. And at any point in time, if any player has the confidence on defense to get some intel, they can tell their teammates exactly what's happening. There is no one mid. There is no one A. It's B. Just go there and hunker down. And that's how you get farmed, is letting mm -hmm. a team do that to you. And that's exactly what we saw. I mean, basically, they would hunk, like, 100T would just kind of stall out until they had, like, 10 seconds left. And then they'd all just charge one by one out into B and get picked off. Yeah. And so mm -hmm. it was... It was just a sad thing. And I was I was listening to an interview. Well, it wasn't really an interview, but Baby J had some comments after that, um, after this whole debacle, actually. And he's like, the problem is, like, our mindset right now is to play t not to lose as yeah. opposed to play to win. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and that can make all the difference. And, I mean, you just saw that repeatedly. Like, 
I don't know, like watching this after watching teams like Gambit yeah. who play off of their utility so well, it's like you have the sky sending out a flash, but then you always have a second player who's peeking around the corner right after that flash pops to see if they can catch anybody. Yeah. And instead, what we're seeing is Sky sends out their flash, pops, you hear the blinded, mm -hmm. but like nobody's there to peek to like confirm who that is, what that is. They just know a player's in B and then they just, they're back at the beginning. Yeah. Where they're just like, okay, well, there's a player B. Um, there's five alive. There probably is at least one over there. <laughs> like, yeah. Exactly. No, I I, so, I completely yeah. agree, dude. And I, I think like think about Ascend when they won champions. Like they were like the most synergistic, most confident like team to just roll forward. You know what I mean? And just do what they were trying to do in glorious fashion, like lose or win. But you just mm -hmm. you can feel the oppositeness of this. And I think mm -hmm. that's what makes it so painful. Is that listen, I've seen thirteen zeros before. Um, or maybe like more realistically 16 zeros in other games or whatever but like this emotionally feels different felt different it was brutal to watch truthfully um and on the second watching mm -hmm. when i was watching it with you lena i was trying to test some theories of like what happened here because i watched it from the eyes of a hundred thieves as because it's like, to me, they're the more, the team I know more, so I'm going to take it from their perspective. What do they have to do to win? I'm going to think about those sorts of questions. I like to take a side in the games when I watch it. And I was just like, well, what, what really happened with Guard over there? Like, we're, like, is it possible they were amazing? Mm -hmm. And I actually do think it was possible that they were amazing, um, looking at this mm -hmm. game twice. Because it was really easy to see 100 Thieves messing up and stuff like that. But also, I mean, Sia Player went super nuclear mm -hmm. like he he went to a level that was like i mean it he went to like ascend winning champions level of confidence which you only see in like the very very few like instances like he didn't miss anything there's a sequence when he has like a marshal and like he's he's defending b main and cypher throws which is baby j throws up the camera he has to mm -hmm. do this like giant flick with his marshal to shoot that thing instant then he steps forward sees a trap wire does a like you know all the way across back to the trap wire flicks that then come around comes around the corner sees cypher mid motion flick headshots him before he even has a chance and no one has a chance mm -hmm. by the way what cypher's trying to do is he's trying to swing off of his utility which is a reasonable fight that you could try to take i think that is probably advantage you or at least it is a somewhat fair fight that you could try to take to try to find something in this game. And he doesn't even have a chance. No player wins that from Cypher's perspective because of how fast this this scout uh, headshot was. And I was just looking at that like, oh my God. Like this sequence was disgustingly beautiful. Um, even though he's mostly mm -hmm. just shooting gear, it was just the precision and the speed was unbelievable. Like this guy mm -hmm. could take a whole team out if they peaked him here. And X Overwatch player. X Overwatch player, absolutely. And so X Overwatch players tend to have much more range when it comes to where they can be accurate. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like because they have to shoot flying targets more often and stuff like that. So in this case, the flying target was camera to trap wire, which sounds silly, but anyways, I did want to open the concept I mean, that, that there was some really heroic plays that Guard had this game. Oh, I mean, I was I was gonna say the next player I was gonna call out actually was Trent. Mm -hmm. Like Trent locked down B. Mm -hmm. Like even if Jonah P and Saya player who like Saya player was kind of everywhere um, 
on the CT side, mostly playing mid, mostly playing like B. Um, but it seemed like Jonah P and Trent were locking down B. But it's like even there's like one play where like Saya player tries to get a pick and then Jonah P's walled them off and then there's body yes. block and yes. there's this like yes. really awkward like shuffling of bodies. They both die and B main. So you're like, okay, advantage 100T. Yeah. There's five players B main, three players left on guard. But then I think Trent gets a 3K yeah, that round, does. just anchoring that B site, like lurking in Boathouse. And also, um, there was another play that happened where like Trent's, uh, Trent's utility, like he would just, as soon as he would like tag a player with a Sova dart or with the, yeah, like I think Valen got like yeah. a 2K yeah. off of like Sova utility. Like the thing is guild or guild <laughs> guard looked so good. And I think it's just, it, it just kind of came down to, again, that team synergy. It seemed like every team member was so dialed in and what each of their members was experiencing at any given moment, and they were just playing off of each other so well. Yeah. And then, like, Saya player, like, Saya, go kill. Like, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. You you go do that. What We got your back. And yeah. and I that can do wonders for confidence. And I don't know. like Incredible. I, I like 100T as a team. But I also just have a soft spot for underdogs. The fact that these kids look like yeah. they came out of like sci-fi hall of our college or yes, something like that in the player cams. Like I was just like, I, I was so happy for them because they honestly looked elated after that series because they knew that they this, dominated mm -hmm. and they were riding that high. This could be the greatest moment of their career right here. Exactly. And they mm -hmm. could yeah. go on to do amazing things. That's totally true. But they almost certainly won't together in the same way there's a specialness here where they will look back on this moment in life and it will they will never forget it i mean this is this if you want to talk about hard work paying off i mean jesus christ mm -hmm. like this is a this is devastation um like for, for example trent you called out he has one of the greatest score lines i've ever seen in valorant 18 and 2 think about the kd because here's the thing okay as a player that myself that i like to do stealthy roles i like to like try to stay alive as a sight anchor i i value my life very often people and they always rank the scoreboards by kills and i understand why they do that kills are very 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 important to win this game but it's not just kda it's also thinking about do people throw their life away and what you look at this scoreline is obviously like a player like side player right he's gonna have the most deaths because he's going for the most crazy mm -hmm. shit but if your anchors aren't dying like trent as sova's not dying and Kildra's not dying either you didn't lose anything like you you stood fucking tall two deaths the whole 13 rounds bro mm -hmm. these are people that you need to be killing if you want to get something done uh as 100 thieves so it's just that's incredible that's that's incredible because like you know it's one thing to get 18 kills people do it all the time but to do it with two deaths bro just shows you that this guy was playing incredibly smart too mm -hmm. that's the thing like this is high level shit um and he, he at no point and, and that's the other thing that you got to say. You got to really, like, send your, your your props off to this team for. At no point did they, like, troll because they were ahead. They played it clean all the fucking way. Mm -hmm. And I respect the shit out of that because that's the mindset you need because this is a swinging game. And we – literally every other series we're going to talk about it for the rest of the fucking whole episode, I swear to God, is swinging as hell, right? <laughs> and these guys did not let it swing. They mm -hmm. stopped the pendulum, and that is fucking just – oh, it's so good. Um, I will also say exactly. we should talk quickly about, though, I agree in the player cams. It was awesome to see these guys, but I only actually really saw the player cams really at the end of the game because NA doesn't really do player cams, question mark. 
it depends on where they're playing, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, it just ha- so happened that they were playing. So, I guess Guard is through complexity gaming. Okay. That's what it seemed like to be. All their chairs said complexity. Now, I don't know if that means complexity, like, rent, like, gave them the facility to play in, or I, I don't know. I, I'm not a historian. I don't <laughs> yeah, know how yeah, this yeah. works. Um, but the point is, like, they. I, I think it just depends on where these play- players are playing. Um, and then also just like the availability. It seems like EU definitely tries to do the player camp mm-hmm. thing a lot more than NA does for whatever do. reason. Um, I mean, I, I think it's really cool that we get to see player reactions and everything. But and, like, they've been taking it away from yeah. us. Like, I swear we didn't even see it during the game at all. I don't think they showed anything. I don't necessarily remember I only remember it. in the highlights afterwards that they showed anything. And I was like, oh, fuck, it's some young guys from Science Hall, like you've said. Mm-hmm. But that was... To, I, <laughs> I seem to recall it being after the game was done. Um, I, I Yeah, I mean, I think that is true. I mean, they maybe showed one reaction at the half or something like that um, of, like, a Saya player clutch yeah, or something. Mm-hmm. Um, I seem to recall they only showed it once, and then, yeah, they mainly kept the player cams off until the very end when they showed the celebration. Are they, like, nervous um, about, like, they're, like, what are they doing? Like, cause like they know. I'm wondering right? how much of it is like, I don't know, profanity laden stuff. But that's where what, it's but like, this has to stop because you can't connect with fucking young teams and young people or even teams at all if you can't fucking see them. This is like rule number one of esports. Like they mm-hmm. they are throwing this opportunity. They figured out a way to force all these young players and teams in front of our eyes. And okay, cool. I'm ha- I'm happy for that. But then they can't even do them any any justice like i still don't mm-hmm. know what any of these motherfuckers look like barely i couldn't even associate names with like faces like i just i don't know like whatever like toxicity or something they're trying to stamp out in the fucking player camps or something like i know it's it's obviously covid era right but like dude you can send a webcam to a person you know what i mean <laughs> like they have a beefy ass pc we can figure this out um and I just, I yeah, I, something tells me they're just trying to do it to protect the integrity of the broadcast. That's really my only, my only thought as to why they don't do that more. Yeah, but then like EU's doing it a little bit, and it's like because EU has the little. But even then, mm-hmm. EU doesn't show like player reactions all that much, like after rounds, at least as far as I'm right, aware. Right, like right. you <laughs> see, like I don't know, you see a camera zoomed into screams brother's eye half of the time because like yeah his, that's where his camera's set but yeah i mean i i don't know i i think they honestly just probably i don't know they're probably doing it to stamp out toxicity which is laughable but yeah. anyway no but seriously like i mean like you know i will just say like last last on this but if they literally take away player reactions from this esport they kill this esport i'm I just that's period i think I think I, I oh, think I mean, you can't survive unless this goes in person. Event like, no, but they were doing it, it in person. Event- they were doing it in the in person tournaments. They were cutting out reactions and shit because uh, true. Yeah, like sorry, I just I just be dude, right? Come on, right? Is that what we come here for? <laughs> no, it is true. Mm-hmm. Like we do like to we do like to see the hype. We do like to see the like the celebrations. I mean, like that's that's what made my heart sore for guard. Yeah. Like at the very end, Agreed. like seeing these players like all hug each other and like really like I don't know look like they're on cloud nine pretty much mm-hmm. because of like how well they play like it's it's a very like awesome special thing to see and it also helps you connect with the players so yeah. like i agree with you yeah like i i do think we need to see more 
and like I don't know teams need to make that more readily available I think they're just afraid that they're gonna catch like what some player cussing out another player yeah, I don't know exactly. like, like I don't know it's funny because it happens all the time in pro football I mean yeah. they and they don't I just I have strong memories of being like young watching pro football and they're showing like the sideline and the coaches after like a controversial you know like the officials are always getting yelled at. Yeah. And I, you know, you can't see what they're saying, but my dad just going like, oh, he said a bad word. Mm-hmm. And now that I'm older, like, you can see them screaming like, what the fuck are you doing? You know, like, you yeah. can tell. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you can tell they're swearing. And it's, you know, that's on NBC. It's like yeah. on family TV. But it's just a part of a, they're okay with it, I guess. Um, but see, is this a part I, of the esport future that we're walking ourselves toward. Do you know what I'm saying? It's mm-hmm. like because they already stopped showing uh, players' reactions when they would lose, or w- particularly when they would lose important rounds, um, or when they would lose a clutch. You know those like pictures, or, like those like videos. Like I remember like reactions of like sick or whatever. Like he's trying to get a clutch and he gets like two out of the three, and then he's like whipping his fucking mouth around. He's like shaking practically. He's going so hard, but he doesn't get the third one. He's like, damn! Like you can just mm-hmm. feel it. And like people were instantly like nervous about that. Like, well, are we gonna like? highlight someone on a bad day it's like guys this is fucking sports like well yeah i think that's part and i think i mean i also think that you're right and i don't know if we want to get like full i don't know how deep we want to go into this right now but there's also something happening in terms of like riots handling of players and teams and their ability to kind of sell themselves and make money off of being right and you know being a part of this league or being in the valorant league in general is that you know, that's important for them to be able to market their players. Like, Hiko is so popular because we know who he is. We know his face. We see him on stream. Like, I so I, so I kind of agreed, like, to take it away from new teams and young players and make them these, like, faceless, just, I guess they aren't nameless, but they're just faceless um, characters. Characters screen, that, yeah. it, I, I think it sells the organization. I mean, if I was an organization owner, I would be mad about that because one of your assets as an organization is your ability to get like sponsorship deals or have your players go you know that's important to have people like your players and to root for your players and it's much easier to connect with people if you see their faces um it's something that like not to be the football stand on this podcast but it's like something else that pro football has had problems with because they wear helmets and for example like the nba doesn't and so NBA players historically got more deals and more sponsorships and just better like bigger superstars because people saw their faces all the time and they would give interviews and talk about things. Whereas like there's a lot of football players, you have no idea who they are. You, you would not know. And so there's actually been like kind of a movement. I don't know. There's like, a, I think they've like done things to make sure you see players with their, um, their faces and people watch yeah. interviews more with them to like, no, you know, you want to be able to put a face to a name. And so I do kind of think that there's something that riot in general, there's other things that they're doing too, right? That owners and players are complaining about and calling about this league format that makes it hard for organizations and teams to do things like get sponsorships and notoriety and like make money off of this in a sure. way that would make it sustainable. And I, and I, I think that'd be part of it. Yeah, but, but I think it's also just a regional issue. Mm-hmm. Like this has yeah. been a main issue in NA. EU has been trying to do more of that. So like they don't necessarily have the player cams, but we we talked last week about the like the intro sequence or yeah, uh, yeah. Hype video right. they yeah, play at the yeah, the hype video. And like EU uses the like they had players come in the studio to, you know, act out agent abilities and everything and have the teams like kind of stand together and maybe mouth some words of like the rap song that they play over the over the radio or whatever. But like and, and I had said also, like, 
NAs is just like watching like found footage of some Valorant clutches. I know, and I know. The it's like they just clicked on, over it. They clicked on the fucking first <laughs> box of their YouTube when they just opened it to the homepage, that little fucking 30 second like clickbait <laughs> clip. And they were just like, holy shit, if I just pl- autoplay all these and yeah. I just put them in a slightly different order, like this is a highlight reel. It was a but three it, it is true. clip so- from fucking like six months ago. It's like, come on, right. dude. It's, well, but that's the thing. It's 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 very dated. Also, it's like very, I don't know. It, it doesn't seem like all that true to what the scene is at currently. Like that that's the beauty with EMEA is that these are what these players look like right now in this time. Yeah. As opposed mm-hmm. to, yeah, here's a clip from 100T six months ago. <laughs> here's Sentinels winning Reykjavik like almost a year ago at this point. Like, yeah. so it's... I, I agree. It, it's ridiculous. Yeah. But yeah. do we want to talk, though, about then the aftermath, though? I mean, yeah, oh, definitely. But I would just say, like, like, like last point on that, and then I'll hand it back to you, and I, I promise I actually will. It's just that, no, when you're saying, Elaine, it's so interesting, right, that the orgs are mad about this, but that actually flows down to the players, too. Just wanted to be able to understand. Well, of course, because the thing about the other way that players will make money at some point or can make money is by streaming. That's what I mean. And no one's going to go watch these guard guys streaming because we just don't have any connection and we don't know who they are really. Or not nearly as many as they could. For example, yeah. a really nice storyline from last week was when Psalm did really well mm-hmm. on NRG. Uh, I caught some of his stream later and he streamed to AK people, which is, I don't know, eight times what he's used to having. And that's a really wholesome experience but he's a known figure he's been a streamer for a long mm-hmm. long time and the community has propped him up from counter-strike to here um and so it's awesome to see him do well but you're not getting that level of 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 depth with these yeah. people um and that's really sad and it's the same thing with like sponsorships can be like you know hiko i'm sure has individual sponsorships and it's it's double-edged right it's not just that we see his we've ever seen his face he's also a huge counter-strike star and like has been around forever and people know who he is but those types of like deals and money making opportunities for the orgs and the players, I think, really come from not just having their face out there. There's other stuff about this league format that actually the owner of Hundred Thieves was um, exactly talk, was that's how we get out. there. That's how we get there. Mm-hmm. I know. I got you on the transitions, why? you guys. Exactly. Like, <laughs> why it, does all of this matter, right? Why do we care about the op- yeah. money making opportunities for these orgs and for these players? And it's like, well, because Hundred Thieves themselves have already experienced what it's like to get top four in a tournament and then not be allowed to go to the next one for whatever reason. Um, and, you know, performance, obviously. But, like, they've already been out the scene, you know, at times. They're just on the edge of being allowed at these big tournaments where you get all the brand recognition and you get all the fame and the money and the excitement and the hype and the clips and everything. And they've dipped in and out of that spotlight and they felt the pain of being out of the spotlight for three mm-hmm. months. I mean, you're paying these people a lot of money and they aren't getting seen at all. Yeah. So and then so... they're thinking, oh, God. Yeah. We just got 13 zero. Okay, that's not a fair characterization. Well, okay, obviously, the owner of Hundred but... Thieves actually. Okay, so first of all, I think we should just say. I mean, obviously, I, look, people who listen to if you're listening to a yeah. Valorant podcast, you know what happened. You're already in touch. But they cut Baby J and and Eccles. I think the next day. Yeah. Right? Am I wrong about that it timing? Was, or is it two days later? It it was yeah. It was 24 hours later, pretty <sighs> yeah. much that the announcement came out. And I, the hundred, the owner of Hundred Thieves came out and put out a video. Um, it's short, it's a couple minutes long, kind of trying to explain this because to an outside view, and I think even after listening to this video, right, it seems like not only a quick and rash decision, um, but also like very much like, oh, you guys got 13 to owed, new kids, you're off, we're bringing it, like, it, it feels yeah. very, what did he call it, results-based. 
-hmm. And he's like, it's not results-based. I don't know that I buy that. But one thing he was talking about is kind of how cutthroat the scene is and that if you don't win and you don't go to the major and you don't go to Iceland, like, you're you're done. You're out. There's nothing else for a pretty long time. And so everything we were just talking about, like, sponsorships, recognition – I don't even know that prize money makes a huge... I don't know how much prize money plays into this for these teams, but... Probably makes... Some Some degree. Some. But you're just kind of like... You're done and out. And so... And also, it shames your org hard. Because the thing is that, like... It's like... It's super bad. It's super bad. Because because this is is what Nitro said on the way out. I think Mm -hmm. it's really important. There was a great interview with him. Um, I mean, it's not like it was like that insightful but or you know the thing with nitro is he's a man of few words but the words that he does say it makes some fucking sense Mm -hmm. and what he was saying was like look when we on 100 thieves like we're out for this like three months period like i watched five counter-strike tournaments yeah of the same level as champions happen Mm -hmm. and i know that i could have been competing in all of those and even though i didn't do well in this one i knew i was going to do well in the next one or potentially not that one but the third one for sure like we were on the brink and we knew we could get further and we weren't allowed that opportunity to yeah. play. And he said, I, I, I will not play in a sport that does that to anyone. And he left. Yeah, and I think orgs are feeling the same pressure, which is, that's what the Hunter Thieves owner was saying is this part of why they made this decision is like, it's not working. We know it's not working. We got to just cut it now and try again because we got to, we, ha- we have to, we have to win. We have to, we have to do better. And if it, we don't have a lot of time to like mess around and let something that we know is not, working the chemistry is not there the synergy is not there it's better to cut ties now and move on right away basically yeah so like, i want to throw i want to throw it yeah. for a second here but i do mm-hmm. want to open it up a little bit because what's interesting about this is that okay yes this happened really really soon to now what am i trying to say like not that long ago yeah um but at the same time it feels like it's been a fucking lifetime i feel like i've gone through roller coasters with this <laughs> announcement and i'm curious though if you're similar like what was this like when you oh, first I mean, saw it and how do you feel about whole- it now this whole weekend was a bombshell of esports thing on both the League of Legends and Valorant yeah. side, to yeah. be honest. So I just feel exhausted, <laughs> yeah. I think, after this week. Um, in case you don't know, uh, Cloud9 like fired their coach LS. after two weeks. Yeah. So, but yeah, they, like, very specifically, they deal. fired their coach, who is the most opinionated coach and potentially analyst in the entire scene. The most, like, I know the right way to play the game. I don't care about you, the player, type coach of all time. And Cloud9, the organization, literally got every player he asked for and every coaching staff he asked for and asked the players to role swap in the way that he wanted. So they literally created his vision. Mm -hmm. And then, tell me if you've heard this story before, three games later or something like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Three games later, they're like, we don't like how opinionated he is about the games. <laughs> so there you I go. Don't, anyway, that's that's neither. I there's that was a whole Bob show. Right. But then also, so yeah, then this 100 T things comes, and I mean, I feel, I I think when it comes down to it, I feel very torn about this because on the one hand, I can see where Nade Shot's coming from, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. There's only. You, you've only got five games really to prove yourself yeah. before you know before playoffs even happens already they're down zero two they've got to go flawless the next couple of series in order to even be like to even have a winning record let alone be in contention Mm -hmm. for a playoffs position so like that's a lot of pressure 
And so then the question becomes, okay, well, do you have faith that your roster can get it together and, you know, be able to go against Luminosity Gaming um, in the current state that they're in? Or has this loss absolutely shattered them and their confidence? It sounded to me like there was not as much cohesion going on within that team, like communications-wise, as what was wished yeah like i don't think it was even performance based as much as it was these guys just don't they're not clicking like awesome is going off on his own like he goes uh you know in spawn baiting as the meme always says i don't know but like that that's not even true but anyway the point is like so, so, yeah, there's that. And then another part of me, though, is just always so worried because this is exactly the problem that has happened in League where all yeah. of this young talent is not having a lot of time to prove themselves lately. It's The, the esports scene has changed dr- drastically since, you know, 2012, 2013, sure. where you could sign on a fresh, green, young player and you could go terrible for a split, but they'd still keep you on mm-hmm. and they'd still be yeah. like, okay, we are developing you. We are, you know, we'll get them next time. And some of those players have come out to become superstars in some way. And so it's always a calculated gamble. And at the same time, I feel like more coaches these days are more willing to just blow up rosters and just start from scratch than they are to take that risk of keeping a player on and hoping that they'd find their groove. Mm-hmm. Totally. And that's just kind of what this looks like to me. It's just like, this isn't working. We're going to blow it up. And the thing is, now I'm just, I, I feel bad for, I, I think they've announced who the two people replacing are. Mm-hmm. I don't actually yeah, bang remember and who Sane. they are. Bang, notably okay, so, cut from TSM. So if you want to just like, like think about TSM a hierarchical didn't even situation, make it. Like, they imagine even, being cut from yeah. TSM, which actually I think you could flip around and I do want to create the storyline just for positivity that TSM has only cut good players maybe. And that's their problem. <laughs> Let's just create I mean, that for no reason. That's Maybe. That's that's a that's a fair one. What, what about but that? Like, but the thing is like, now that that puts insurmountable pressure on those two new players, um, Ethan is now the new IGL. in-game leader mm-hmm. for the team. Yeah. So like, that puts immense pressure on him. So it's just like, I I feel like they took something and are making it worse yeah. because of all the stakes that are now. Yeah, potentially. So it's just like, I, I really, I sincerely hope that 100T can overcome the odds and show up and have a great performance. And who, like, I sincerely hope it turns out well for them for their players' sake. Because I have a feel like if this is gonna not turn out well and 100 Thieves ends this group zero and five, yeah. like yeah. that's going to destroy some careers. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, it, it, what already has? I, I don't need, I would, <laughs> well, so, so that's, that's my thing. Like, I, I also think, like, wow, so like Baby J's, like, his, his career is destroyed. And I'm just like, I, I hope it's not. Like, I really hope a team can see the potential, but it's just, like, at the same time, yeah, it really harms that player, you know, the the, the perspective of that player. It, it harms, you know, how people think about those players. I don't know, oh, yeah. like... No, no, look. And so, I don't know. Like, I, 
I feel like, you know, Eccles has been, like, humiliated at this point because he just got a visa to get here. And I think mm-hmm. the memes are all, like, you know, he's spent longer, like, to get a visa than he has playing to actually, yeah. like, he had, I mean, he played into it, team. which is actually really awesome. No, we just say we weren't going to mention people's tweets, but his tweets were fucking hilarious because he's like, I guess yeah. NA really does mean nearest airport. <laughs> and it's just like, oh. <laughs> And then he had one where he was just like, yo, while I'm here, anybody else need an IGL? <laughs> just, like, that shit's funny. And to listen, yeah, I'm telling you, right. from the bit I saw from his stream before all of this happened, I think he's a solid player. Um, I would say, look, this is actually, like, this is only something I've learned 10 years into esports, but this is actually an opportunity for us to see who is a good GM and who is not. Because this is a circumstance mm-hmm. that could very easily leave great players on the table um, in a real serious way. But you have to understand what happened here at least enough to parse whether or not they are good players and test them and see if they are. Um, And they potentially are. Um, Because one of the things that I thought was actually really potentially the saving grace of what Nadeshot said about this circumstance is he led me to believe with the way that he was hinting that actually the players had come to the conclusion themselves that they did not want to play with each other mm-hmm. anymore and that it wasn't going to work. And that's really different than if the org freaked out and pulled the plug. If they are like, listen, we don't synergize. I go in, he doesn't. If he's not wrong, I'm not wrong, but together we are wrong. One of the two of us needs to follow the other person's plan naturally, and naturally we're not doing that. Then that is actually something that is team explosion worthy um, in no disrespect to any particular player. And I think 100 Thieves has this problem potentially more extremely than any other team I've ever seen because of the way that Asuna is so traditional entry and uh, Hiko so traditional clutcher. They are the building blocks of this team and they could not be further apart on the map in the formation. And they, they don't even play that standard like group formation that's like really tight necessarily. And so what that means is just that the other players have to be on the same page and create the space that will allow Hiko to get his plays done. And they have to create the space for Asuna to get his plays done too. And those two players aren't going to be helping each other really, um, except with abilities. And so it just means like they really do need to be on the same page. So if it's true that these guys were like, oh, oh, hold on, hold on, hold on we just don't see the game the same way then that 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 is cause for for a roster move yeah i still Mm -hmm. think it reflects poorly on hundred thieves management i i don't think there's really any way i couldn't but i the main way is because they if that's the case right if it's the case like who knows maybe two of these players fucking just hate each other we don't really know what happened they could be saying anything but Actually, that also reflects poorly on... All of it reflects poorly on management, I think. Because they put this team together. Yeah. And after... They couldn't even make it through two weeks of playing in a tournament... Like, playing together before they decided it just was never going to work. I... I want to say that, like, when you're putting a roster together, you probably should have noticed that ahead of time before saying this is it, this is our final roster. Like, to get to the point where you're in the middle of a five-week split or five-week whatever tournament league and be like we gotta blow it up it's not gonna work and then being forced to now pick up whoever is available that's the other problem with this is that do they really think that i they must they they do think that whoever they're getting is going to be better than what they have but 
it's not like it was the off season and there were a bunch of players floating around. They could have tried out, put in. There were people from other teams who weren't going to get. It was essentially people who just didn't qualify, who were kind of on the free market still, like someone who got kicked from TSM. Mm-hmm. I don't know where the other guy comes from. I think from Counter-Strike, JC Stanny. Yeah. I want to say from Australia, but could be wrong about that. So they're kind of pulling random people in to do this. And they, because it happened so fast, I mean, maybe they had this idea weeks ago and they were just waiting to find the right players, but I kind of doubt it. And so then it, it says to me that I don't think that this next roster move is going to fix their problem. It seems to me like they're going to lose yeah. more likely sure, right sure, sure, sure. there is maybe they just go full solo queue and they're actually better like that it just kind of like frees them and they could win something like who knows it's possible but now they kicked their right they didn't figure out with these two with baby j and, and Eccles fast enough they had to kick them and now they have to try again with two players that i kind of doubt they've done the like kind of like vetting and testing and like played some scrims with like i don't think that they know these people very well yeah. And it kind of strikes me as, like, they're probably going to be in the same position in, like, two to three weeks where they're going to have to try and do this again. And that, to me, is just poor management. Like, when you're putting together a team and a roster, thinking about things like how do these players play together, do they have the same philosophy in the game, like, that should be happening before they get to this point. And when you're having to sign people randomly off the street, I just don't think that you're able to do that kind of work. So I agree with you. However, mm-hmm. the one thing that you need to keep in mind with 100 Thieves is that they lost Nitro essentially out of the blue. Sure. No, but listen, th- wh- what this already was to me with Eccles and uh, Baby, Baby J, J was grabbing people off the street the first time, I think, because Nitro is irreplaceable. Everyone in Counter-Strike has e- that he's ever mm-hmm. played with has said he's an irreplaceable player. They did not intend to lose him. And in fact, in some of the interviews, I remember them saying something along the lines of, I wish he had told us a little sooner. He did give them like three months Mm -hmm. or like, I don't know, a couple months or whatever. But like, that's pretty good warning. But there isn't a traditional off season in this game because it's not established yet. And so I I disagree with that, though, because there was there was Zoe, maybe you can help with this. There was kind of an off season after the tournament ended. Right. There were a bunch of players kind of floating around it. Lots of rosters got shuffled and shifted during that time. Like after champions, yeah, after champions, like last year, yeah. right? Didn't a bunch yeah. of people kind of yeah. move around? Yeah, exactly. I feel like that yeah, was so the off. There season. was an off season, but not the same way. Like, but still better than what they're in right now. Yes, but where like, literally but, people are signed to rosters currently playing, like the people no, you agree, would want to be trying yeah. to pull from. Yeah, yeah, yeah totally. Because I think too, if you're hundred thieves and you're going like essentially like we're all in, we want to win this, like we can't beat, like you probably want to try and grab some people who are really good yeah you might be trying to flex your muscles and flex your page your wallet if you're serious if you're serious about it and pull some people in but it just doesn't seem like they're going to have the chance to do that until essentially they lose this split or lose this whatever we're going to call league yeah and we don't really know what the result of losing this really really means for you right now well if you're the last one you get relegated and you gotta go into you at least in the U.S. Oh, is that not true for NA too? The relegation? I actually don't know. I feel like I should know this, and I 
don't I guess I, I assumed it was, it was both. I, I thought it was you only. Maybe you it's only tends EU. To be more just cutthroat and like generally more of a sporting thing. Oh, wait. That yeah. reminds me of what I really wanted to say. Oh, sure. I have a shout out for Zoe because I, I think that okay. I'm right about this, but I think that Zoe will know if I'm right. Are you ready? Okay. With that preface. Okay. okay. I'm on the edge of my seat. I know, seat. me too. Okay, I'm kind of losing it a little bit, but I'm, I'm going to bring it back. Okay. So, right, right now we have like some different ends of the spectrum. Yeah. Hundred Thieves is like a revolving door of roster changes over there. Like they kicked Steel, it didn't work out. They they've got Eccles and Baby J, everything's gonna be great. They kicked them, now they pulled in two random other people. So they've just had a lot of roster moves. Yes. And then I want you right. to think about EU, basically. And mm-hmm. in particular, Ascend. 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 And actually, there's a couple teams on EU that are similar, but I'm going to pull Ascend. Because if I remember correctly, like, trying to remember my Ascend history, which is why I'm bringing in Zoe, the Ascend stan, um, (laughs) is that Ascend was not that good for a little while. Like, it took them, you know, they didn't have immediate success. They kind of had to work through some things. They weren't always good. They had some, like, early failures. But they kept that roster together, and then they won like the biggest tournament by the end of the year and exactly. now yeah they're, they, they they're won, still together yeah they they won masters one um and then after that when coldamenta went to g2 and they like so the thing is like coldamenta went to g2 and they soon had to kind of shuffle around who was igl mm-hmm. as they brought in zeke um but yeah like with that new roster they didn't even I, I think, don't think they were even close to making Masters Reykjavik at all, um, which was you know a big change considering that they were the EMEA champion for Masters mm-hmm. one. Um, but yeah, they they stuck together and they worked through it. Um, and yeah, as a result, they had a strong showing in Masters Berlin. Sure, it's probably not the result they completely wanted, but they did make the like finals, like the. I think they made like quarterfinals. Yeah, they that lost round hundred thieves. Actually, I think. Oh, it, I mean. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. No, I, I feel like it's the perfect story then. No, but don't you see? Like, so I gotta tell you. Like, I know you don't want to be reminded of that, but you have to be because that's the story that we need to understand. Is the road, the distance mm-hmm. that Ascend had to go through. Those were the stumbles on the road that gets them to their their mental state now, um, or at least at True. Champions, which was incredibly strong. And so they needed to have exactly. these missteps. And that's kind of what we're talking about, right? It's yeah. like, But I think, okay, I might be, I'm going to pull this completely out. I'm not sure if it's right. But I feel <laughs> like there are more teams in EU that have the same, ro- I mean, Team Liquid has the same roster. Ascend has the same roster. Gambit, Gambit. has the right same roster. Um, Ascend. Uh, I already said something. Okay. Um, does um, Boaster's team, did they change anybody? One. They changed they, one. They did okay, change so they changed one. one. Yeah. But, you know, that's a lot of people who stuck together. And I want to believe that they are going to have more success doing that than NA's, like, kind of shotgun approach. We'll see. Yeah, I mean, like, keep in mind for NA, C9 has kept their roster that's from true. last year. And Sentinels has kept their yeah. roster from last year as well. And actually, Optic. Yeah. That's true. Okay, like, so it's pretty much the same. Um yeah, so I was going to say, it, it's kind of, I think it's a wash in terms of which teams do that. I think which teams end up becoming more dominant and on the rise will be the big teller. Like, yeah. will it be these rosters that have been together consistently like Sentinels? Um, like, I think at least Sentinels probably has the, 
I, I guess I don't know about Optic, actually, but, like, I feel like Sentinels has, like, so, one of the longest-standing yeah. rosters, mm -hmm. like, since they acquired 10s at Reykjavik. Yeah. Like, I think Gambit would be the only other one that I would consider being near that level yeah. and then like ascend but like so the thing is like very few teams have actually been together since even masters 2 at this point yeah. so like i think it'll be very telling which of those teams kind of show up and are on the rise um as opposed to these ones that yeah have these ever rotating rosters just trying to find like the right fit yeah. um you know just shoving a lot of puzzle pieces into the same spot and being like, this one will fit this time, sure. Yeah. Like, <laughs> well, we'll and see. I did want to echo that sentiment. So those always like, that was my first gut reaction is because I have seen so many fucking horrible roster moves over my life. It has hurt. I mean, some of the, like, just ruining style, ruining composition, a team that's on the uptrend, like they've been uptrending all season. Like they're clearly getting better every fucking game and then they just get cut off at the knees by someone who doesn't know what the fuck they're talking about. It feels like, mm -hmm. totally. And I felt like that was written all over this. And then, mm -hmm. and then I saw some of the like statements afterwards and I can see a slightly different picture here in particular. But I will also just say like, a lot of the roster moves we've seen have been one person Two mm -hmm. people is rare. Two people is a lot. Um, yeah. And and specifically losing an IGL is a yeah, lot. Yeah, I think that's the other problem that 100 Thieves is really having is, like, they are losing their in-game leaders. I mean, they have to, like, reinvent themselves every time or try to find someone who fits kind of exactly what they were doing before. Um, we'll see. I, yeah. And it is, it is kind of reaching, like, it is kind of the ascend path, I guess, just in terms of not necessarily, like, ascend and lose two players, but they are having a long-standing member, now IGL, mm -hmm. with mm -hmm. Ethan. Yeah. So it'll be very interesting to see if maybe all 100 team needed to do like maybe the all maybe the igl they always knew was in front of them yeah, all it was inside them all yeah well he's never historically done it, but, as far as i know but yeah like true like there's an opportunity here absolutely mm -hmm. he probably has to change exactly. his champ especially a little since bit, he's though, played with because you don't you know these igls end up on these smoker characters not the skies yeah but they don't have time yeah. that's the other thing is like i don't know i think that their game this week is gonna watch a must watch for me just because i want to see like yeah i know everyone. mccoy was like they're doing a boot camp but i'm like they got they have like i don't know do they play on friday they could have like two or three days to get ready yeah um and again it's possible i mean we've seen it before we kind of saw it with tens when sentinels picked up tens and i mean that's one player it's very different not their igl but there is some magic sometimes so that like course. more fast and loose kind of like solo yeah. queue we're just playing together style that maybe 100 Thieves can hit some magic with. But I, I don't know. I, I find it hard, hard to believe. They do have until Sunday. That's nice. So Luminosity Gaming, who is 0-2 at this point. Yeah, so they also have kind of a softball. Oh, wait, no, no, Luminosity won this past oh. week. So Luminosity is 1-1 one one versus 0-2 100 Thieves this Sunday. Okay. So. Yeah. It's do or die for 100 Thieves. It'll be it'll be very interesting to see if they can pull it off. I will be definitely keeping my eye on them. Um, and honestly, I just sincerely hope the best just, like, for the players' sake. Like, Jesus Christ. Uh, yeah, I, ho I hope the best for everyone's sake. <sighs> you guys are so nice. I, like, almost, I, I don't like these kinds of moves from, like, I just, again, I don't dislike it for players. I dislike it for management. I think that if you want to yeah. manage a good, well-functioning team and you want to win, like, you... 
maybe something happened. I mean, I, we give them the benefit of the doubt. So like, maybe something happened they couldn't have foreseen. Maybe they did have everyone try for like a month, and everything was fine for a month. But then playing together in like a real tournament was too was just not working. But I I kind of you have to think that there were some warning signs, um, and that is what I struggle uh, yeah i don't not that i'm not yeah. gonna root against them but i don't love this look for the hundred thieves coaches and management yeah i will just very briefly say mm. that i was doing some gming theory crafting this morning oh yeah as I, to who I, you can say you did that but who said his name it was <laughs> me i was like mccoy you know who, i woke up like you know who be the best fit for hundred thieves tell him mccoy Okay, well, it hurts my heart to say it because this is a player that I follow for a long time and that I think is far better than he gets credit for. In fact, there's two. Mm-hmm. And of course, look, you know, who would have guessed if I do some armchair GMing, the two, like, two, you know, play, uh, players, what am I trying to say, like, that, like, you know, close to my heart, right? Yeah. Come up, obviously, as the obvious choices, the ones that have to be selected. But uh, start with Freakazoid. Mm-hmm. Who, that's who I said. Yes, that's how you said. And so Freakazoid, there's a rule in this household that we're not allowed to watch Freakazoid streams on the big TV because his storyline in this game is so sad. Um, and it is because he was here grinding top solo queue, uh, playing with people. Mm-hmm. Um, he was here since the, like the beta. Was it? I think we should say he's an ex Counter Strike pro. Ex Counter Strike player, specifically played with Sean Gares, Shroud, these sorts of people back on Cloud Nine. Nothing mm-hmm. uh, at that time. And his role at that time was really awesome and really well-defined. He is one of the most defined players that you see in any of these games. And I think that's where his strength lies. Because he is one of those people that is just, he's aggressive. And, like, I would say smart, but not super smart and definitely not super complicated. He's aggressive and good at creating space and breaking in and doing damage. Mm -hmm. And I would also say pretty good at clutches as well. Um, So he's just a good, solid player and... The interview is when he uh, was in Counter-Strike with Shroud. He was like, listen, I stepped onto this team and Shroud was aiming here on this team. And he's like, I might think I'm good, but I'm not as good as Shroud. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to run in front of Shroud and I'm going to make sure that they shoot me. And he's going to get three Ks. And that's how we're going to run this team. And I respect the fuck out Which, of like, someone think who can about do that, that with, with Asuna. Asuna. Yes. And yeah. I think... F- Freakazoid is also, in my understanding, the reason I brought him up, is kind of famous for, like, doing what he's told. Yes. And I think it seems like 100 Thieves was having some problems about people maybe not doing it. Like, so there's maybe more ideas that going, I don't know. But he seems like a player who would, like, come in and be very uncomplicated and be like, I don't really care what we do. Just, just like, point me and tell me what to do. And he would do it. So the thing is, I think that is predicated on having an IGL that he respects. And mm-hmm. I don't actually know if 100 Thieves, especially minus Nitro, can really produce that right now yet. But, of course, like, this is a unique circumstance. I'm sure he would, like, realize that and be like, okay, Ethan, let's work this out. But mm-hmm. the point is, like, Sean Gares would micro this guy before the game like this is what i want you to be doing to create space for this guy and he would like take notes and do it and like that is just a completely unique player that is a tool for the igl to get things done and if you think of the core problem with 100 thieves has essentially always been since they cut dicey who was their other mm-hmm. solo queue duelist who's playing like jet or whatever it or raise is it's like asuna goes in there he creates space great that's guaranteed um, but does he die immediately as people are getting better at killing jets out of the air? They're trap wiring on top of fracture top site just so jet can dash into there and die instantly. Like 
people are getting better at killing these jets that dash in there. So does he die or does he get one kill, two kills, mm -hmm. right? Like that changes everything. If your jet goes in there and gets two kills, like that's a, almost a free round if you have, you know, remotely organized team and the squad behind them. Um, you're thinking obviously from the attack side. But the thing is, these people, especially meta-wise and composition-wise, have gotten to this world where it's like one character is jumping in there like a lunatic and trying to create space. And it's like that person is almost always the most skilled person on the team. Like think tens, think Asuna, and they almost always spend half the time just immediately shot in the side of the head. And you're like, why are we sacrificing our best fucking player who can get 3Ks in this drop of a hat, who can switch angles with such incredible speed and precision, why are we killing them on a 50-50 that lasts 0.25 seconds? Why are we doing that? Mm -hmm. When we could create more space for them and let them break in and they might just get a 3K off that. So think about Freakazoid in the role of actually being the one to get the fire, create the space for Asuna to create double space on top and then the three squad walks in. That's totally different story. Um, and it doesn't necessarily have to be double duelist, but that's the premise of double duelist. And we're seeing how strong it is as, spoilers, all these fucking jets switch to chamber and suck the whole yeah. fucking week. <laughs> that's my hot take of the week. Ooh, we'll get to Elena's hot takes later. I have two of them this week, but that's one of them. I I, I think that's going to be my hot take. <laughs> yeah. it, it, it might be we'll all of it. our we'll hot take to. of the week. Yeah. All right. But anyway, I think all things said and done... NA was a dumpster fire yeah, it was this week. But you know what wasn't a dumpster fire? Marved. Okay. Oh, yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. Oh, cool. <laughs> I I'm going to now talk about the RNRG Optic okay. series. Only just because, I mean, like, it was it was a series. I think, like, the thing is, this whole 100T thing just absolutely shattered every yeah, other series dwarfed. we watched yeah, over the weekend. Yeah, what else even happened? It just, yep. Does it even matter? Exactly. There was drama. That being said, though, I did want to shout out the Optic NRG series just because that was one that we shouted out last week um, in terms of like just a, a series to watch. And I don't know, like Marved was just an absolute monster. I don't know how to like describe yeah. it, but like he was on Icebox and he was just like channeling his inner Nats where he was just ratting everywhere. He was getting like, yeah, good. I don't know, he would like lurk somewhere, get a 4K and be like, guys, they're all down on a oh we can go b sure there's only one guy left alive like whatever yeah that's um, sick and from the role he that he plays from viper and from astra that is just that is momentous level of fucking effort i mean you imagine getting that level of output and on, on those characters i mean it just means like wow your duelists just need to kill people sometimes i mean the pressure is like off their shoulders they're like they're like walking through a field of daisies exactly so, I, I mean, it was just, it was a fun series to watch, I think. I think Marv was an absolute monster. Um, I don't know. It was Icebox and Fracture, which are always just interesting matches. Wop. I, I've still been watching Fracture only because I've wanted to see, like, how the meta is evolving in terms of compositions for that. Um, you know, as it turns out, Ye is good on Chamber. Mm -hmm. Who would have mm -hmm. thought? Um, nice. <laughs> but also, I don't know, like... I think Optic looked scary because they looked very together on Fracture, especially since they were against NRG, who defeated Sentinels on Fracture just the week before. 
Um, so like energy did have a strong showing on fracture prior to this. And then like optic just blew it out of the water. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. by being like, Oh, you think, you know, this map? Well, well, fuck you, I guess mm. it was, it was great. But tell me not like this map seems either really sighted. And I almost don't, it's like traditional thought would be T sided, but then like, I've seen it just snowball on both sides. Like it just like seems like comp dependent and team. But this is a really complicated map to understand what the quote it, meta is. you know what i'm saying yeah exactly well so then that leads then to emea right <laughs> right, right which also some fracture was played on yeah, for sure who did we watch yeah gambit, yeah gambit, it was gambit, this gambit, who gambit. had gambit versus fpx where gambit decided they wanted to play ultra hard mode by being down like nine three at the half yeah. and then coming with a major comeback yeah this at one point being down 12-3, I guess is what mm-hmm. I should say. They were down 9-3 at the half, made it to 12-3, and then they were just like, oh, guys, we got to play this game. Okay. Yeah, and it's got to be fucking flawless. Oh, and like Chronicles on fucking Brimstone. Yeah. <laughs> and just like weird shit. But he was also on Viper like previous week. It's just Which, weird. Which, can we stop playing Brimstone on this map? McQueen and I were talking about it. We watched a couple of Brimstones on Fracture, and none of their ults have had any impact well, so, i think the map okay i look i know he's more than just his alt i understand no, that. No, no no i don't I mean to say that no i just mean like i like what you're saying however i would say that there's another way to think about that too like you could think about it as like people sucked on brimstone their smokes were decent everything else was kind of trash uh-huh. including molly's but like the other way to think about it is like wow imagine what would happen if someone was able to hit a brim alt. okay you know <laughs> like, what all right i mean i like that i like that way of that's more positive but just like I don't know if because Fracture is so much more, like, wide open than a lot of the other maps. And so you can't, like, back them into a corner and, and alt. It's just, like, but it's just, in, like, every, every time we saw someone alt, it was like, and there's no one there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it, They were just always bad. It's one of the best alts in the whole game. And it was, I don't think it landed one time the whole weekend. Yeah, it was kind of sad. Yeah. I think, it, yeah, it, it's honestly, I think, just too spread out. Or there's just too many, like, escape paths for people to just quickly move yeah. out of any given area and like hide in a cubby or like you know move out into long or short like what have you i will say this is the composition that gamba did pull out in champions mm-hmm. um so chronicle has played brimstone before in this in the time that they defeated ascend like you yeah. know three to three to 13 uh, or something crazy like that that being said like this was a very uncharacteristic game to watch from gambit only because i have never seen this team die so foolishly in a very long time than i did in this map like i i was watching shados like throw out slows and slow himself oh yeah that was really it was really unfortunate that's right (laughs) i watched chronicle like you know miss a molly like they were missing their lineups they seemed to not be very coordinated all that much i think a lot of times redgar like had his utility out and he was just getting like shot dead because he didn't have his gun out like it was a very sloppy, unconventional way that I think I've ever seen Gambit play in a while. It's very hard to go from watching how cold and calculated they were last week, you know, you know, throwing utility off of each other and, like, getting frags. And then you just watch this where, like, Chronicle nearly burns himself to death because he misses his yeah. molly. Like, I don't yeah. know. It was, like, it was very strange for sure. Yeah. And um, I, I love that way that you frame that, too, because it's like, I think to me, the whole weekend before it even started was like, if we see Fracture, I want to know compositions and I want to know sidedness. And yet, like, 
there was a lot of sloppiness here. Mm -hmm. And that's really worth highlighting is that's sidedness is relevant. And it does appear that people are running away on these like T sides. But at the same time, is that T side? Is that a running away on? Because like, I know the one in NA was T side. Mm -hmm. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, so it is yeah. T sided yeah, 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 yeah. that okay. here. Okay, okay, okay. Um, but just saying, like, the the this was maybe more of like, you guys were talking about this a little bit, right? Like, like in our, our actually previous episode on a different podcast, but like we were talking about like Gambit starting slow and like sloppy and stuff. Mm -hmm. And I do wonder if there is a like a flaw there with them that has to do with, you know, they don't get to have played a game yesterday that they can be warm from. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Like, there's just there's a bit of coldness. Uh, to their start that was just excruciating yeah. to watch here. I mean, it lasted like the whole half. Mm -hmm. it, it, but it even lasted like all the way until the second half. Like I, I've also never seen so many times where Gambit had the round advantage that was just squandered. Like because, you know, people like Xiao and Angel and Zippon just like pop off all of a sudden and you're like, oh, yeah. okay. Like I think the one round that really spoke to me was like, I think there was a round where it was Nats and Redgar left. It was on attacking side for them. Uh, so this was early in the second half. Uh, but they they basically, they, they get most everyone out except for Artis, the jet. Um, Nats tags Artis with his camera, his cipher cam. So they know where Artis is. And so they are hunkered down in a site. Um, they know where Artis is, the bomb is planted, they just need to wait for Artis to, like, come to them. And yet, Ar I mean, Artis pulls out a clutch in that where he just, like, comes out, he, like, shoots Nats, and then he, like, at the point, like, Redgar had a, uh, guardian, and so, like, good luck winning right. that against right. a, a Vandal, like... But it was just very strange, like, why why aren't Redgar and Nats playing together so that they can trade off of one another? Like, so, so things, like, so many things that are so characteristic of Gambit, they just seemed, like, very, I don't know, just, yeah, like, fast and loose and just sloppy, I think is just, I, I think that's just the main thing here. And it's, like, it almost cost them dearly, and it's a miracle. Like, I think it's a goddamn <laughs> miracle that they managed to pull it out to overtime, where then they were just like, oh, wait, guys, we know how to defend on this. Both side. teams are so not like, start winning Both teams. However, All of a sudden, it was a defense-sided map. It was so weird. I think it does. And I've been I've been analyzing this since this game, um, even in my own personal games, and just trying to understand, like, what is it about? Is there something about the economy and the way that it swings that, that makes this sidedness so intense? And I do think there is um, here, where, like, in overtime, you get everyone gets a buy mm -hmm. um, or you go naked up with like a little bit of extra, but barely any, potentially not even armor. In fact, you can't have armor, um, like a smoke or something. Um, and that's why, once again, Jet's so incredible on the op, because even in overtime, she gets a dash for free. So when she naked ops, she can still dash for free, um, which is insane. Chamber also, by the way, can jump for free as well. Um, but like, yeah, you get to buy every time. So mm -hmm. defense gets to have their full setup. And it feels like these teams right now are hanging on by a thread when it comes to defense setups and fracture. It's incredibly hard, at least like personally, to actually do it. It's incredibly hard. And so it feels like they needed their full setup and they needed an entire game's worth of playing to actually even understand what the fuck was happening. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and then they really, mm -hmm. really did. And you said, Zoe, that like, you know, they, they were lucky to even bring it back and they absolutely, absolutely fucking were. They had to go on a tear to do it. But they also lost this game and lost this series as a result. Like, they did not escape yeah. this 
cold start here. And and I think, like I said, it just it cost them it it cost them the entire series for sure. But I think this was an easily winnable map for Gambit. That just I don't know for whatever reason just wasn't clicking for them that day. I don't know. Like I think to me like hindsight's twenty twenty. I guess, but like there's a lot of like little things that Gambit could polish up. And I'm sure that's what they're thinking. I'm sure, you know, their coach is being like, who didn't shoot their thousand bombs today? <laughs> like, you have to shoot 2,000 exactly. today. Like, yeah. And it's like, but I but, say, sir, can yeah. I try one teammate drill exercise where we swing off of each other? Because my bots shooting was good, but my team swinging was bad. It's yeah. like, no, bots. You don't even get to work with yeah, people actually, until you can hit someone. <laughs> What it was, I, I think what it was also is that I saw a lot of Gambit bashing their head against something, trying to get it to work, yeah. and it wasn't working. And I think I'm just so used to seeing Gambit innovate, and like usually when Gambit is in control of the pace of the game and the mind games, like that's where they thrive. And I think because whatever they were trying to do wasn't working, like, or like, when they eventually figured out what did work, it was too little too late. Like, I think another example I have is just a Shados on the Sage. Um, what was happening a lot on their defensive end is that Shados would, like, immediately put down his wall at the beginning of every round, and it was just getting shot mm -hmm. down, yeah. like, destroyed immediately. And then it was, like, round 12, so it was the last round, the one round that, like, one of the three rounds that Gambit did win... Like, they won that because Shados didn't actually put down his wall that time, and he instead walled so they could, like, pass all as a group of three easily into, like, another section of B's site something or something altogether and catch FPX off guard. And it's just like, oh my god, look what happens when you don't invest the wall so early. It's amazing, isn't yeah. it? Like, why didn't yeah. you do this sooner? Mm -hmm. Like, I This don't is know. actually a point like, that transcends multiple maps. I mean, like, you saw the same thing. Was it, like, last week or fucking Yeah, I was trying to remember Icebox, who we were talking about. Where motherfuckers be saving their walls so they can, like, put that shit up in front of the bomb and defuse uh, instead of just putting it mm -hmm. in tube like <laughs> like fucking NA solo Q players. <laughs> but then, because the team we were talking about last week. Uh, team maybe Liquid, I want to say, actually did this. Okay, maybe it was them. It was either Team Liquid or... No, I think it was. I don't know. If you listened last week, you can yeah, write in at yeah. wait official. It's official now. <laughs> the Gmail address is nothing jacks me like Valorant at gmail.com. Please write in just for the novelty factor. Um, <laughs> Fair. I don't remember who it was, McCoy, but you were saying you were you were critiquing some team. Basically. No, it actually might have literally thing. been Fnatic. That was the one I was thinking. It was like maybe it was even Doma before he was cut or something like that. But um, I don't know. Anyways, but it's the point is just like. It's clearly, like, people have gotten to this, and, and you see this also on Split as well, by the way. Like, people throw out the wall right away on Split, and it gets farmed in mid, and it's like, did you really do a good job holding him off? And it's just, there's a large conversation about that and when to use it, and, yeah, it, mm -hmm. it's an incredible ability. And it can be incredibly useful at all points of the game, but when you think about, like, how you want to be using your abilities, like, if you can get away with having the one of the best abilities in the game later in the game when it matters more, that seems good. Seems good. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think you're right about that. But also just, man, like, defense is fucking hard on this map. And I feel like, so you were saying this is the same comp that they had in Champions, right? Yeah. So then I, I wonder if they were like, cool, we're just way ahead of everybody. We're going to keep everything the same. We're not going to change anything. 
like they're thinking this is our bind for ascend like we're chilling now mm -hmm. and the meta on fracture just shifted so much and not just the meta but rather really people's understanding of the map like the people probably the players on the other team uh just understand this map so much better now um yeah. right and i yeah i definitely caught them off guard for sure yeah. um and i i mean they 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 were able to bring it back in bind um Everyone's saying, oh, God, in Bind, Gambit chose the Ascend comp. Um, I argue that it's not nearly to the same effect. No. Like, if you were to go the Ascend comp, then you would have a Defo on the exactly. Sage mm -hmm. and then Chronicle on the Raze. Like, the, it's it's the same agents, sure. But the the utilization of the agents is You want your matters, jet main on the Sage is what you want. You want CNED. Yeah. It's required. He, you must literally play exactly the same position as him too you gotta play showers and like mm -hmm. wall it off you gotta fucking stay <laughs> exactly. on top of that wall yeah yeah but i mean it looked good but also i think bind was also characteristic of then and fun plus phoenix's time to make a lot of mistakes one of the ones that i mentioned to like mccoy and elena before was like an awkward moment where it was a 3v1 fpx advantage and they took their 20 hp guy to oh, plant right. the bomb yeah. and unfortunately nats was alive and he had a viper lined up to just molly him That's off crazy. the bomb and just had the timer run yeah. out which was i feel like it happened a couple times maybe that might be wrong but i feel like they were like it was a couple times where they had maybe some more like forced where, like they were just really low health because they were the only person left or something but i feel like they try they attempted to plant a few times with someone who was super low health and they just got destroyed yeah mm -hmm. i mean i definitely just think like look like it's interesting like there are some maps that have certain properties right and i would say bind feels very static like people have been playing it for a long time it's not to say that mm -hmm. there hasn't been innovations on it but it's just like to look at this scoreline and to be like oh, okay so gambit just plays like gambit again right it's like you look at this and you're like that makes a lot of sense to me because this is like a known quantity and i feel like what we kind of witnessed this week was every motherfucker who thought they were smart just decided to pick fracture as if that was their home map and just get dumpstered on it um and it's like okay, I don't think people can really have Fracture as their home map, at least not yet. It just doesn't feel like anybody understands that enough, but Bind here, I mean, this is like back to Gambit form here. Mm -hmm. This makes sense. This makes sense to me. Mm -hmm. Like, I look at this, like, yeah, I bet you they knew how to play that. Yeah. Yeah, in their sleep, too. And, yeah. Exactly. But. Well, and I think it's interesting, you know, Gambit did switch up their comp for this, so, like, even though they are going, like, I do find it interesting that bind is a strong map for them and yet they are still innovating off of their agent comp so like usually what happens here is um redgar will play astra and uh shados will play sky defa will play jet chronicle will play sova so like i do find it interesting that they're continuing to innovate off of that even though i think bind is a dominant map for gambit regardless right. um the only people that they've really lost to i think are well, they did lose to Crew, I guess, but that was in a like seventeen to fifteen. Did they overtime. lose to Crew? So, like, are they... they beat Crew? They did beat. Sorry, yeah, they they beat Crew off. But of it was that. an incredible long game. So, like yeah. you're saying, yeah, it was, yeah. it was ridiculously long and like, yeah, it was one of those things where it's like, Bind is a very dominant map for Gambit. So I'm I'm just very surprised that they are continuing to innovate. I guess is all I want. to Yeah, say. no, it's super interesting. 
and and Gambit's just interesting. Like just period. Gambit has mm-hmm. like got to be one of the most interesting teams out there for sure because it's like it's not mm-hmm. like will they it's not like the storyline of like potential or like will they meet it, meet it. It's really the storyline of like these motherfuckers are like switching things up, trying, learning, growing, moving mm-hmm. right now all the time. And and right. they're dominant as a result. So like clearly they're making great moves a lot of the time. And so maybe there'll be some mm-hmm. missteps, but like I, I don't know. I'm not off the I'm not off the fucking gambit train. <laughs> I am not off the gambit train. Like not yeah. in a million miles. Um So even though they did lose an ice like so they lost the series. But it was I mean the thing is it's double two overtimes yeah. and a win. So it's like that's the thing. It's like the gambit train is still in the station. Um <laughs> it's it hasn't left yet, I suppose. But like I don't know, I, I found It'll be interesting to see if they switch up their icebox composition after this. This is the same composition they did last week versus Liquid, which they, like, looked sharp on. Um, However, I don't know. Like, this time around, like, I I think just FPX has Gambit's number or can meet Gambit in terms of aggression. Um like ways that team liquid didn't try to challenge them on and i think that just kind of shook gambit a lot yeah. like i think after the half nats was two and That's 11 or something like that yeah it was a ridiculous margin and like nats usually is their lurk yeah. i mean first of all nats is the sage yeah. so it's like okay so that's your res that's just down like yeah it's 80 but he's also not, <laughs> not farming the res either properly mm-hmm. like there's a lot of yeah I, I, I specifically want to speak on the Nats point, but I'll let you finish because <laughs> that's a... Oh, no, no. Like, I mean, that's all I was going to say. Like, usually, like, I, I feel like Nats thrives on Icebox in a lurk position and being a sage, he's not allowed to lurk because he needs to be there with his team yeah, to, you point. know, farm the res, the res and get yeah. the res up and yeah, wall. Um, and it worked last week, but I think this week when they had aggression, like when they were matched up against aggression, I actually think he would have been better on a like more passive role is what I want to say. Like a more lurky role than what was Yeah, like a cypher I mean, back in the day. Mm-hmm. Like that's what that is. Like that's what that is. Yeah. No, dude, this is a really interesting conversation because it's like, talk about like a, a story of storylines and their validity. Like, people won't even stop talking to this day on the desk. Like, Nats is going to drop 20 in these games. I, I haven't seen Nats have a positive scoreline or do, like, essentially any amount of killing that is worth talking about on an analyst desk for months, dude. I think he's, like... So then you either... So I don't... I haven't followed him forever. So, like, like I, I'm curious. Like, did he hit these insane heights before and is this a slump period for him or is this just who he is like he's more of a supportive mm-hmm. player and people just got the narrative wrong that he's some aimer god like he's just not putting up numbers dude like i'm just and i'm a nats fan mm-hmm. but i as a fan hate false narratives because they do your player no favors if you're gonna try to figure out what to do with this guy and you have this idea in your head that he's this insane aimer then you think like, well, maybe take him off more of the supportive roles and he'll get unlocked. And that is still possible, by the way. And potentially, I mean, you thought maybe that's true of Sage, but Sage on Icebox is the most caged character of all time. Mm-hmm. You have to point at the bomb and you have to get spammed and shot to death and mollied and Sova harrowed and everything, planting <laughs> this bomb on both sites mm-hmm. all day long. And like, 
okay, on defense side, he's pretty good, but then, like, he's oftentimes put in, like, mid positions or whatever to try to, like, hold that. I'm sure they did better than that. I, God, I hope. Here. But it's just, mm-hmm. it's one of those things to really think about. Like, Nats is not dropping kills, and he hasn't been for a long time, and I've been following him very closely, and I wonder what that means. I think it's, like, I want to believe that he is a stronger player and has stronger output than he has had. So it feels like potentially it's a, a meta thing that they're forcing him into an awkward role. Like, definitely Viper is a really awkward thing for him. Like, he feels a lot better on Cypher typically. And you, and so he's talking about things like maybe getting him lurking. That's definitely a, a Cypher thing. So who knows? But it's definitely something to watch for because you can't have an overtime game that's 14 to 12 and have eight kills and 19 deaths. I don't care what utility you bring. That's my score. <laughs> That's true, but there are other, the rest of people are smurfing. <laughs> it's different. It's different. This is fucking the top level. They can't smurf anymore. Um, no, but you're right. Like, but but what I'm saying is that like, he's always had great utility usage for his team, and Gambit specifically needs utility usage to be used well because they they build structures on top of that. However, they they've got to figure out something better for him. Um, or, and and I think I personally I am assessing right now like the skill level of him as a player. Mm-hmm. Like I want to know. Can he bring like can he bring it back? I, I sincerely hope so, and I sincerely hope that they are looking at this as a problem. But it is a problem. So from my side, the kindness side, it's like find a better place for him. Um or potentially find a better way to protect him, or I don't know. Or be because, okay with it because they're pretty good anyways. Right. And if they're gonna do that and it's because he is shouldering the burden of getting murdered and planting every time, then like, okay. As long as they truly believe that, um, maybe Icebox just requires that you have that. But I'm telling you, every map, look at every map this guy has played for the past long time. It's like he's not dropping a ton of kills. Like, he's just not, dude. He's just not. Mm-hmm. Like, Yeah, I mean, he's not dropping a lot of kills. However, I think, at least I remember on Bind specifically. Look, I only know this because I'm looking at my notes, and one of my notes is Nats is back, baby. Right, exactly. Um, On Bind. And so, like, yeah, and and I'm looking at a scoreline now, 15 and 11. Like, that's a little above even. But like, I think also it's just the it's it's where he gets the kills that counts. I think a lot of the time, and I think that's where he gets his notoriety. Like a lot of the time, it is when he's in a one v two or one v three situation where it's just like, and I, I actually think it's bind specifically. There's sure. this one time sure. where he's stuck in cubby on a site, yeah. and he's able to just like, just cleanly peek and just pick off one, two, three. Like it. It's like a master class in like, you know, peaking almost and being able to just get the frags where they need to. And maybe that's just disjointed on FBX's part of like peak together, guys, peak together. But like Nats made it look so simple. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, it doesn't come out into like a large kill scoreline per se. But I think like impact wise, he does win Gambit a lot of a lot of rounds. But again... I think that's because he's in a lurk position where it's just like he's used to being the last person standing with three people left and he knows how to like easily do these things as opposed to charging onto a site with four people at his back and being able to get three people as well. Yeah. You know, I mean, I would say just like, I mean, everyone looked lost on Fracture, but Mm -hmm. like, look, he he just like, 
wide swung and angle crouch sprayed, like ten bullets missed and just died, and you're like, oh, like that's not a namer, that's desperation, and like maybe there was a lot of that from them, but but like also and on the other side like. They destroyed this vine map, and I'm sure it was helpful that he was getting a lot of kills. Um, and he was making those heroic plays. And, dude, totally. Like, so he's fast sense, and so that's why he can create these. So, like, traditionally, right, okay, like, these smoke characters are a lot, like, a lot of people found homes in them being these, like, slow sense, like, bone cold style sheriff players that are, like, they get their, their vandal kills, and they get some long range shots, and they play post plan and stuff like that. And Nats' specialty was he was getting 1v3s as people were charging him at champions and other tournaments. And, like, he, they, you know, it's like Icebox, he's Viper, and they're just coming from all sides, and he's just, like, flipping around and headshotting people in this insane fashion. But he needs to find a way in some of these games to, yeah, either Lurk, maybe that's just a way better position for him. Like, maybe that's just where he can manage the chaos best because of his style. He's just not as good in straight-up fights, and it's really, really, really shows. And I would say the majority of the games yeah. they, mm -hmm. they play. I would agree with that, for sure. But he's held a fucking clutch, so cool. That's a piece. You can use that. And Gambit <laughs> would love another clutch, clutch player because their team is going to get you enough into the round most rounds that a clutch could be something really good. Like a 1v2 might be on the cards. 2v2 might be on the cards. Mm -hmm. Great for those. So, yeah, let's not just have him play at the moment shoot. But again, I guess someone's got to do it. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. Leave that to Redgar. Yeah. I don't or know. Or like, I don't know. I feel like Shados was... Dude, yeah. Shados, Shados was clutch. Shados had a fucking Yeah, yeah he did. Yeah. Let's go. <laughs> that's a, that, that's another one of my notes where I'm just like, last week it was Chronicle, this week it's Shados. Because I think there was also a lot of times where Gambit should have lost by a lot more rounds on Icebox and Fracture for that matter. But then Shados would just like pull a three or four yes. K out of yes. his ass. And you're just like, what? And this is another thing. Like, this is Excuse not normal. Me. Shados dropping three, four Ks is not normal. He is mostly just like a solid player. But when he's just like skill checking people, resetting recoil, headshotting people mm -hmm. like this, you're just like, oh, well, I mean, that's insane. It's like, <laughs> this feels different. <laughs> yeah. Good on, on him. him. I, I like... Let's let's make him MVP this year, so then that way, like Gambit, will just have like MVPs across the board. Sure. How's yeah. That okay. <laughs> but okay, so that was Gambit FPX. I I do want to shout out FPX. Yeah. Like we talked a lot about Gambit FPX. Looked super cool. Like I mean, they they looked. I mean, they won the yeah. series. That's yeah. one thing. Um, they're just definitely a very aggressive team. Yeah. Um, and I'm excited to see where they'll go. They they looked strong. And considering that the first week that they played, they were playing with a player who had COVID and yeah. they only played together for like two weeks or something and they come out looking this strong to defeat Gambit. Yeah. Like, it's promising for them. I'm going to keep my eye mm -hmm. on them. They have them. like a legit veteran sure. there in Angel. And I think I do feel like his impact is seen on the map rotations and stuff like that. I think they are also potentially a little bit caught in the like, kind of like Cindy aggressive, like, counter-strike thing that has had some success and some not depending on how well the defense is actually shutting that down but their their rotations mm -hmm. were were solid and i feel like an igl team like feels different like because for instance even when they were losing on fracture i mean they were winning for every second of the game but when they were starting to lose momentum it felt like they were trying a bunch of really interesting things that all did not work out in glorious fashion however clearly trying things and that's an igl team with confidence and i i respect that out of them because they were trying yeah. to get over the line um they just couldn't 
Exactly. But okay. And then I think really the only other series we have left to talk about is, like at least that we watched somewhat, is Guild versus Ascend, which I think this is where Elena's hot take comes in. Maybe. I'm just kind of surprised. (laughs) (laughs) I don't remember. Oh, well, okay. I had, yes, Chamber. Chamber. Oh, well, it's both your, it's all of our hot takes. It's all of our, well, I think that there's just, so obviously Chamber's a big thing right now. Like everyone, I mean, everyone's trying it. Everyone's doing it. Everyone's playing the Chamber, except apparently for Guild, who didn't, didn't go there. Um, but it seems like people agree that he's good, and it does seem like he's good. But it he's seems good. like also the default person who should play Chamber is your Jet. That's that's the current meta of yes. people, right? And uh, I just think it's a bad idea. And I think it's been somewhat proven to be a bad idea. It does not appear that these Jet players are actually good at Chamber. And I'm going to throw out my hot take as to why, and then you guys can actually explain it, because you understand this more. But Fair. To me, they are incredibly different characters and have super different styles, and it doesn't seem like the Jet players are having a great time trying to adapt. Chamber has, like, traps and shit. He's got a place around at the beginning of the round. And then, instead, like, Jet obviously can, like, just jump the fuck in. Like, is just rolling in way ahead of other people. She can dash. Um, she can do all this fancy stuff where she flies around. But Chamber is more of like a, I have an op and I will now hold this tiny op angle and just like wait here and then I'll teleport out, but then I have these traps. He's just more, he's almost more of like a sentinel style if we wanted to use their terms for for yeah. what these angel agents are. Or like a controller. Is that, an, I don't know, I don't, whatever, those are bad terms. But the point is like Jet is super like YOLO, I'm going in, I'm leading the pack. And I I just think that Chamber is sort of like almost the opposite of that. And so when you watch these Chamber players attempt to play, or these Jet players attempt to make the switch to play Chamber, it kind of doesn't make any sense. And I feel like the best Chambers that we've seen so far have been people like Mitch. From Killjoy. Who played like Killjoy. Mm-hmm. People who play like controller characters or sentinel characters, whatever yeah, the fuck they're called. Sentinel characters, but like, I mean, Chronicle. Yeah, Chronicle's a really yeah. good chamber. Like, I think people who play things like Killjoy, um, Cypher probably, yeah. like those types of characters make, a, I think it's probably way more intuitive to make the change to a chamber play style, whereas Jet is like, what do you mean I can't just jump in here and die? It's just, I don't think it's working for them. And, okay. I yep. couldn't, I was gonna say, I couldn't agree with you more. Elena, and I also have another like theory yeah. as to why I think this might be, and it, this is mainly directed towards CNED mm-hmm. specifically because sure. I don't like CNED on the yeah. chamber yeah. at all. I watched both the Breeze and the Fracture yeah. game. Eh, like the thing is, and and this is the thing, CNED is very tunnel visioned when he plays, and on very big maps like Breeze and Fracture. There's a lot of angles in which he can get shot in the side Mm -hmm. of the head. Now, as a jet, sometimes what can happen is he notices he's getting hit with a bullet and he will dash. Like, he immediately dashes one way or another to get into cover. Like, he has an out for these things. Chamber, on the other hand, like, yes, there's his TP, but sometimes he'll burn that early. And then it's just like he's a sitting duck, but he's still so tunneled visioned on getting that pick with the op that it's just like he... I, I saw him get shot in the side of the head so many times this series, I swear. Like, and I just think that 
it has everything to do with just how he likes to play the game. And I just think Jet suits him so much better uh, than Chamber will like ever allow him to be. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. listen, dude, you're 100% right. And and especially to watch your one of your favorite players go through a transformation like this, it's horrifying to watch. Like they're in all of their beauty is minimized. Whether they can see it or not, you're not sure. But you can see it clear as day. It's like what? CNED's gone. There's just it's a chamber feel here. Feel bad to them. I would. Ass- I mean, it's I guess I don't to. really know, but I mean, he still manages to top the scoreboard for the series. But he doesn't. Look who tops the scoreboard for the series. Really? Yeah, safe. Oh, who sorry. Played... For his team, I meant. Oh. I meant for his team. But yeah, sorry. For yeah, the sorry. series, it's safe who only played Jack. Of course, of course. Now that makes sense to me. Because yes. you know, it's just that not by a ton. It's a pretty small margin. It's like what, five kills and kills on everything. Blah 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 blah. It's a lot less deaths. But they also won. Yeah. Yeah, they, I guess the other one. It's it probably means nothing, but the point is that jet no, stayed to her jet, and it I just think it fits better. It seems like too when I hear people talk about jet and like jet players, it's almost like they're like a special breed. They are. They have like special keybinds, and they're all they. Yeah. It just seems like a specialized character. That may or may I mean at some point they maybe need to become more flexible, but it seems like every team has this like hardcore jet main. Um, and they just aren't making the transition to chamber well. And I mean, like, but keep in mind, like, see, Ned can play other champs. Mm-hmm. He plays Sage on Bind and everything. So, like, it's like clearly he can play other people where the map allows. I just think in these very big, vast maps, he needs to be on a high mobility champion. I keep on calling yeah, him champion instead yeah. of agents. Like, no, it's the but like, of whatever, like, what, like but, they're all the same. But like, I. I think he needs that updraft. He needs that dash to cover those long distances so much more than what Chamber allows. And so it's like, I'm trying to look like what other player on Ascend would be a better Chamber. And Starzo. Both. Well, that was. Well, it. I was I gonna say like so I, I, I could see. Starzo. I don't know about Starzo, but I'm just looking too. Like I'm sure every Killers, every person who talked about Ascend this week probably was Zeke. like. Why would they ever put Starzo on Jet while she, while Cena played Chamber? Like that's gonna be like an obvious. Everyone's gonna say that. But at the same time, why would they do that? Why would they take the Jet away from Cena and give it to Starzo? It kind of makes zero sense. I'm not sure how much of the fracture composition was just an elaborate experiment, or just them like still accepting the fact that they don't know how to play play fracture, so they were just winging it yeah it's like i don't know i saw i saw that composition and i was like what the fuck is i this? think they were one of the teams like, where i was like oh maybe they're just trying things out because it's a kind of a long series or a long league you know long league and then i was like wait no it's not that long you guys get your shit together i mean i think i think it like i mean i think well okay it doesn't entirely make sense but i like i understand how they got there i think it is does have two competing sort of concepts which is like the double smoker and then also like put a jet going in it's like those those really are anti-synergistic but sure but like i can understand starzo alone on jet i can't understand him on jet with cnid in the team that's what yeah that's what i mean no totally totally so it's like it's like the smallest micro part of, of the decision makes sense to me like starzo has ever played jet before no not only that apparently like he's like he was like a jet main when they first got him right like and he has ended up just being ridiculously silly slash creative slash bizarre onto every other character he can possibly make work that's not jet because out of respect for cnet so he's like he was doing you know 360 flashes on sky before that shit was cool bro mm-hmm. 
Like, he was doing insane <laughs> shit, and so I, I get that, and actually that's why I don't think Chamber makes sense for him necessarily either, because he's never played so far like a character that has a responsibility to own map control and understand mm-hmm. where people are. And mm-hmm. that, I think, is the defining difference between Chamber and these Jet players that are coming in, is Jet was is not responsible for holding the map. Jet is responsible for tunnel visioning on their angle mm-hmm. and getting fights and winning them and dashing out and being crazy mobile in every direction. Whereas Chamber is specifically mobile, but only in a particular direction, which is back where you came from, only. You cannot go forward other than, like, two feet forward, which is nothing. Um, but also it requires a large amount of setup to actually do that and premeditation. So every bit of creativity and in-the-moment clutching that a jet has is neutralized by Chamber and it has to be a different style. Now, it's not that Chamber does not have his own creativity. He absolutely does, but it's totally fucking different. The only thing, one thing that they share in common is he can kind of do the jet thing where he shoots with an op and teleports out, which is kind of like what jet does where she shoots with the op and dashes out, right? And he gets an insane op, which everyone would love to put on all your sick oppers. So then like those two things together, you're like, dude, imagine Cena with that broken ass fucking op. He'll get seven kills. Problem is, no. What always happens to Cena in all of his fucking clutches is he gets an amazing kill and then gets completely caught off guard wide swinging trying to find someone because he's trying to make something happen in like four seconds left, right? And he has to dash out of a fight mm-hmm. in order to re-peak that same angle now that he knows where the guy is and kill that guy. That is not the same as what Chamber can do. Chamber cannot do that very well. Requires so much setup for him. And then when you go to the attack side, hey, can anyone get in that site? It's like, no. Chamber cannot get into that site <laughs> at all in any meaningful way. He is as good as a brimstone to do that shit. So... Yeah, it's just to- entirely, entirely different uh, skill sets and mindsets. And when we're talking about map control, which is sort of where I started, like, map control is, like, people with map It's actually really interesting. Like, this is not entirely true, but you talk to some people that are either IGLs or map control-type players. And, like, Shazam is a classic example. He's a giant fucking crosshair. Giant crosshair. And actually, when asked, why does he have a giant crosshair? He's just like, I'm looking at the map a lot. I need to find that thing when I come back. And you look at that and you're like, what the fuck? And that makes a lot of sense. And that's what Chamber ends up being a lot too, is like you have to hold so much of the map with your traps because you have the best map holding traps in the game right now. You are responsible for holding that shit. So that doesn't mean you can't aim with your crosshair. Of course you can. You have an insane gun and you have two of them for that matter. But it's just, that is not even something that enters into the mind of a creative jet, right? You're starting an entirely different mindset as to how to play him unless you're playing him like literally super solo like super like aggro solo queue pick style which is a valid style but what but you it doesn't have a spot on a pro team replacing a, a trap character like you can't like it's solo queue if your chamber doesn't trap shit like then you're like well okay that's stupid i wish you would trap shit but I, at least you're standing on top of that pyramid and shooting people with an ops like that's helpful but like in pro you can't you don't have the room to just have a guy not using his traps that well mm-hmm. or like not being a core fundamental part of your entire round setup is your trap character. And so to put that burden on your duelist, you're trying to figure out you have five seconds left of freeze time. You're trying to figure out what you guys are doing. And he's trying to think where he needs to be set up for his traps. And and he needs to be at the front gate with his op shooting people. It's just it's completely different concepts. And it. It absolutely hurt every single jet player across the way. We're talking Yay, we're talking, uh, yeah, CNED. We're talking, dude. Who the fuck? Who the fuck else did this? 
Like, fucking everyone went on Chamber and sucked. Has Tens played it yet? I don't know, but, like, see how... I don't think Ye sucked, Ye on, sucked Chamber. on Chamber. Compared to his incredible oh, Chet performance, which is the relative comparison that you need to... He, he just tried to diff people all the time, and he is a differ. He's incredibly good. But, and I think he's, of all people, he would be a potentially good chamber. But the thing is, like, they needed more out of him in that, in that series. Like, they needed more out of him. And chamber is, like, it's, it's hard to carry as hard as it is for some of these other duelist characters. I think, I think he, in particular, could be the one that, that transfers over. Um, so I think that's a fair shout, but, like, all these jet guys. Well, that's the thing, because he's, like, the least jet of all jet players. He's a slow-sense duelist. Like, everyone else is a cracked-out Overwatch player or Fortnite kid, right? Like, he could <laughs> translate over. That makes sense to me. Um, I think it does minimize him, though, a bit at times when there's just this creativity you can put on. Like, you just get this get-out-of-jail-free get card that can happen at any time with no setup for these jet players. And So, yeah. But another thing just to add on top of that, though, is some teams actually switched. You didn't see that in this case. But they actually took Jet out of the equation for Chamber. And that's another wild concept to do as well. Because um, then you're not only switching your creative Jet player off of his creative character, but you're also removing that creative like entry force from the equation at all mm -hmm. in favor of Chamber. And that is truly insane. So that was what um, 100 Thieves did, for example. I was going to say, was 100 Thieves the ones that had a comp that was like, who who even gets you into a site ever. Oh, right. So uh, that's the other That's the other guy right. we're talking about. Yeah. Asuna, right? That's obviously 100 Thieves yeah. we got there. Asuna is minimizing the shit out of his skill set playing Chamber. Mm -hmm. It's ridiculous to watch. And it's not to say he's not a good Chamber. It's just these Jets are transcendent. Like, they're different. They, they until bans enter into this game and only, or, or this concept of like one team can have a character and the other one can't have it, you know, that kind of league concept that mm -hmm. doesn't exist here. Like, until that, like, until someone can ban Jet, like, dude, <laughs> Jet is fucking crazy. You know who would have been a good chamber? Probably is a good chamber. He's not dead or anything. Steel. Yeah, I agree. He was a good chamber. Steel was a great Killjoy player, great aimer in terms of, I bet he would have been would occasionally yeah. op. I feel like he would have been a great chamber. I mean, he definitely got some highlight clips before they got eliminated from there. <laughs> Too bad. Unlucky, really. <laughs> Unfortunate. Steel also the one who taught me the term unlucky, really. So shout out to Steel. Thanks very much. I use it all the time. <laughs> yeah. So hold on, wait. I want to. I want to think of this more. So you're saying that Ye was better on Chamber this time? No, I just mean like he he wasn't. He had a. I I think he had a. Commendable. Uh, performance. Like, not nearly as what I thought seeing CNET on Chamber. Okay. CNET yeah. on Chamber that I saw, I was just like, this is not working at all. Ye made it seem like it was possible. Like, now I agree with you. He wasn't able to, like, Ye wasn't able to have, like, the jet pop-off moments that we love to see him do. But he made Chamber look viable for his okay. agent okay. pool. That's cool. And I think that might fit into specifically mm. that team as well. They team to, they seem to be like a gear focused, like ability coordinated team. That and they've always been coordinated that way. So I feel like he could add into that in a way that makes sense. Whereas a lot of these other teams are just like, Yo, Chamber, can you just trap behind while we like do whatever? And if that's what you're putting <laughs> your best entry player on, that's not gonna work. Yeah. Right. 
It was bad this week, you guys, to watch this. Like, it was just like, if this is what the game yeah. becomes, this game is not even nearly as fun to watch. It definitely seems like a lot of teams were pulling out maybe, like, experiments this week. I hope they were experiments. There were a lot of, like, big teams who just did some weird stuff and it didn't really work out. Yeah. That's kind of, like, my overall vibe and of the I, week. And I, I think it makes the most sense. I mean, I think in terms of Group B... I mean, Ascend has to play Fanatic next weekend, mm-hmm. Ooh, which fun. is a 2-0 team. So that should be a fun one to watch, really. And maybe we will see like some actual comps come out there. Uh, but I mean, I, I somewhat agree with what Elena's saying, though. Like, it did seem like because like the first week everyone's like sussing each other out and they want to have like a good like season opener. And then week two, they're kind of, like, experimenting. And then they're like, okay, shit, we only have three games left. So, like, let's buckle down for these next mm-hmm. weeks. Like, it'll it'll definitely be very interesting to see, like, what aspects of, you know, agent select and map pools will be pulled out in the coming weeks um, compared to what we have been seeing. Um I just wanted to also say, like, Guild look really yeah. good, also, in my opinion. Like, I think uh, Ascend Teabag and Cold yeah. Avengers Body yes. yeah. Split sealed their f- I think that sealed I think their so too. It was hilarious. <laughs> in terms of... It, it's it's great. I, I honestly I love the relationship that Cold Amenta still to this day has with Ascend. Uh, actually, Ascend uh, Cold Amenta was on Ascend's podcast. Uh, earlier this week and he was just talking about how much like admiration he still has for like the club and the organization and like the the leadership there and it just warmed my heart where i'm just like oh my god your rivals on the on the court but you know deep down your friends like this is beautiful i love this sport yeah, that's one way to look at it the other <laughs> like, way to look at it is he's like fuck get me back on a winning team bro well there he's on a winning team. i know well, i know it. and he did get there and he got say, there yeah. um but he did not get back into ascend <laughs> That is for sure. Well, but that is, I think that is the exciting thing about Guild, though, is that, um, well, for one thing, I think with the top two teams, I guess, that people that people would deem the top two in EMEA, Gambit and Ascend, the fact that they lost this week um, to other EMEA teams, I think, A, makes EMEA stacked yeah. as a region, because, like, F- FPX looks scary, Guild, I mean, like, Coldamenta like locked down fracture in a way that I've never seen before where I'm like, oh Coldamenta's like sends us regards. Holy yeah. shit. Um I mean he looked great and it seems to me, at least hearing from interviews, that like Guild is like the perfect team for Coldamenta to IGL. Um he, like he's got a very core team. I think it it hasn't been set out right, but it sounds like there was some like you know tension in G two in terms of him IGLing and like players listening. I mean, it just didn't work. Um, G two just like sucked. So yeah, right. And so like it is exciting to see him have a team that seems very responsive to what he's doing. Um, they look awesome. I mean, I think Safe looked like a monster on Jet. Yeah, definitely. Um, but I think just overall, just as like a core anchor, like Coldement is still coming out strong, which That's is just. Cool. It's, it's really great cool. to see. I think he's a great player. I, I really like to watch his play style. Um, it's just cool that he gets to still like show up and whatnot. And like like I said, it, it just makes EMEA more competitive, which I think just only helps 
the region as a whole. As opposed to NA, who's changing the rosters yeah. every week. <laughs> I, I, no, I hear you. It, I, I, was, uh, I was, like, pretty down stock-wise on, on Coldamenta after G2, just because of, like, just how... How, when you, if you think about, like, a magical team as five, right, and you don't know where the magic's coming from, and potentially it's all of them in their own way, but mm -hmm. who is, is, is there a heart of it? And then, you know, like, G2 comes in, try, essentially poaches out, tr takes a stab at the heart of Ascend, and then Ascend, like, wobbles and nearly dies. And you're like, oh, fuck. But then G2 themselves do not really have great success, and then Ascend comes back. Like, almost singing the same song. I mean, it's different with like, a different meta, but, like, there's still the magic there. Mm -hmm. And you're like, oh, shit, like, is it possible Cole Demento had nothing to do with that magic? And it feels like he's potentially... Cole Demento was the Right, problem. exactly, exactly. Oh, my God. <laughs> so then, I don't know, this is a potential possibility that he's being magical somewhere else, too. And that's, mm -hmm. like, really cool. It would be really cool to think that they were all amazing in their own way and they could even be amazing afterwards. I, I, I hope for him. The problem, though, is do I hope hard enough for them to knock out the teams I've actually followed so far? That's the question. <laughs> <laughs> We'll have to wait yeah. and see, I yeah. suppose. I'm excited to watch Fnatic because I haven't seen them yet. Mm -hmm. Dude, guys, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. It is actually hurting my feelings and that I don't get to watch all of the games. Like, yeah. I am trying my fucking tits off and I can't. Like, I can't watch all the games. So this is not the tournament format that I, I was promised. And I feel very uncomfortable because I'm sitting there going like, did I see this game or did I? Because like, did I see Sentinels this week? I didn't see no, Sentinels this week. We didn't watch them this week. Yeah, I haven't even seen Fnatic yet at all. And so we're just getting these weird bits and pieces of it all. And, oh, it's so hard to put it together. But, yeah, it's progressing. I guess it's time to see some Fnatic, probably, hopefully, right? I mean, I I definitely think so. So, like, let's, let's take a little preview at week three here, shall we? So we'll just, since we're talking about EMEA, we can look. So we have Guild and SMB, but Ascend versus mm -hmm. Fnatic. I'm going to bolt this one. Yeah. I think that one has the potential to be pretty hype. Fnatic has a strong 2-0 start. They're looking cool. I mean, Ascend needs to come off off of a loss. It'll be interesting to see if they buckle down. I think the only other one from EMEA that I want to call out that could potentially be interesting is Navi versus Gambit mm -hmm. on Sunday. Uh, just because it's a CIS team versus a CIS team, it'd be interesting to see how that shapes up now i think F fpx i think is also am i wrong in saying that they're also CIS? i have no idea dude i think i, think I, I am be. they have two russian players and a an okay. ukrainian okay. player they're okay. practically <laughs> russian yeah, I mean, from that scene, I close like. enough <laughs> yeah well, like these motherfuckers would be regionally fighting each other. Oh, the yeah, CIS CIS yeah. challengers. I yeah, wasn't perfect. wrong. Look at that. I mean, if you okay. were though, like it's just like E EU, not to be confused with the NA player named EU. Mm -hmm. um, EU is just a <laughs> giant swath of like the world. Like these guys normally yeah. in every <laughs> other distribution would have their own like qualifier on their own players to play. And so uh, honestly, for me, it's cool to see them here. I'm really happy to see them here. I get to see them more. It's like a win win for me. But it's like. This feels like a regional matchup inside of a re all regional matchup. Regional inside Group of stage. regional. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it'll be interesting to see. Like, what if Navi also has Gambit's number and puts Gambit to one and two? I mean, it could also be possible. To not have Gambit so, at this I mean, next tournament is a travesty. A crime. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Agreed. So let's hope that they turn it around yeah. for sure. Um. 
Yeah, so that's uh, that's EU. And then let's see what we have for NA. So we have Luminosity Gaming. I mean, yeah, we should yeah, bolt we that to. one just to be like sink or yeah. swim. Yeah. What's uh, yeah. going to be? Does that say oh. Sin versus Envy? So Ooh. I was going to say, so Sen versus Envy is the one that I was going to yeah. hold and highlight because I think that has the potential to be a Definitely. banger. I love watching um, Envy play. Both of them are both of them are 2-0. So mm. it's like, okay. Oh, wait, are they 2-0? I thought, oh, oh God, here, here I am just bringing out statistics like I know. Okay, no, Optic is 1-1. Mm -hmm. one and one. Mm -hmm. My bad. But anyway, the point is, I still think Optic looked very yeah. strong envy mm -hmm. um so i mean it'll be interesting to see if they can keep that momentum going or if sentinels will halt it's that. red's I means really interesting like just the battle there yeah. is going to be so fun like you know tens and yay but also just yay versus your entire team but also like it actually turns out optic has a bunch <laughs> of aimers on there and they mm -hmm. look pretty nice like yeah like I, it's exciting i mean it's, i think it's exciting all the way around especially just like you want to put your eyes on sentinels see how they're doing what their yeah, comps so, are yeah because we also just haven't seen sentinels for a little while be nice to check in see what's up yeah and then i think envy or slash optic uh they don't pay us so i'm allowed to say whatever name i want um but like you know they they're just like close to being a transcended team it feels like i think is what the, all the hype is about and i don't think it's misplaced they're not a transcendent team right now and they've showed over the past bunch of months that they're not um but they have a lot of coordination they have a lot of i would say like vision mm -hmm. you know what i mean like perhaps not as much vision as cloud nine does but does anyone have as much vision as cloud nine does um you would think gambit and even they looked a little bit lost on the vision so i think no one is looking as completely airtight as we would have wanted but envy is one of those teams where you feel like god i don't know if they can do it but if they make a couple more adjustments and their team play goes up just a little bit more they're solid like solid um which is really great um the one thing that i did Indeed. see in the news today that we don't need to talk about the news but it was a bunch of people talking about like some drama around crew and i don't know the drama but all i do know is that if you want to talk about a team with synergy and perhaps the opposite if you're imagining synergy as a stat on your stat sheet in your rpg game and 100 thieves was claiming that their synergy was really low and they wanted to switch it up perhaps one of the teams with the most energy i've ever seen is crew mm -hmm. and does anybody know like are they just in an entirely there's drama another? yeah they're in the south this is south yeah, american they're, they're so there's an entirely another league like we just don't get to see them but this league is just well, running right now I, we could yeah. see them if we wanted to but yeah they're running the same thing how, as how are they doing they aren't there uh they are not in this one nope i think they're <laughs> south american because their um crew is actually argentine they're not brazilian is, is there, there a south, a south american Amer i thought it was brazil i thought brazil was south america did they not qualify is that possible did they disband Dude, what the fuck is happening with them? I just saw them in a headline and I was like, oh, fun memories. Well, if you know what's happening with them, write we'll in to, yeah, yeah, to nothingjacksmelikevalorant at gmail.com and tell us what the fuck happened to crew. Yeah. And why can't we find them right now? <laughs> yeah. I feel like they're in, I mean, I'm even looking at the last chance qualifiers for Brazil and I'm not even seeing like crew be in this. So I would hope that they're just not in the Brazil They're just region. somewhere else that we haven't found yet. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I don't know, like, because I, I just feel like, like, if there's any overall lesson that I would say so far, and I think this is a lesson that comes straight from League. We talk so many lessons that come from Counter-Strike, and there are plenty, but what's so interesting is it really is the combination. Are you finding anything about this? Where, where are these? Motherfuckers? 
There we go. Latin America South is yeah. what they're in. They are 2-0 right now. I want to see those motherfuckers again so bad. One of my favorite playstyles of all time in Valorant so far was these guys. Because they just, they just, every single thing you think about the meta, about like how aggressive you can or can't be, which characters must and mustn't be played, how the map must and mustn't be played, whether you is playing it smarter than NA, slower or faster, what's the difference? Those guys were like, yo, we play it our way and we devastate you. And so I just think like, I don't know. I, I, I understand to wrap this up why 100 Thieves would make changes if they feel like they have a negative value in, in the stat sheet that is synergy and they feel like the best teams in the world are synergistic because, I mean, I think some of the best qualities of all the teams we've seen so far is whether they have team synergy and whether they have, like, essentially, like, a vision. Do you know what I mean? It's like, so it's like, players coming together and naturally playing with each other in some sort of weird, natural, beautiful way of flocks, birds flock together, right? And also, do they have like a consistent vision, like what they need to be doing? Are they going, are they mm -hmm. hunting towards the right style and play style and agent composition and something that speaks to them as players? So I feel like we're watching every single team filter themselves through this meta that's maybe or maybe not supporting them and their vision and their characters. And some teams, I think, are, like, bending under that pressure and trying to change things. And I feel like, I wouldn't say it's all for the worse. It's definitely not some, a bunch of great characters have come into the meta and great play styles and great ways to play maps have come in and they're clearly very powerful. But I swear, we are watching so many teams falter trying to navigate this um, and maintain mm -hmm. their identity. So I just think, like, that's just the gotta be the number one thing to look for. It's just look for these teams that have these identities and stuff like that and it's play styles and synergy and stuff like that because that... That transcends, I feel like. Um, so. God, I can't wait for like three weeks from now when we're like, so 100 Thieves completely disbanded. There's now four yeah. new players yeah. on the team. Um, we've got, uh, who is this person? I don't, uh, he's a solo queue guy. We saw him stream a couple We got Asuna's nephew. Uh, yes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god, just what if it's just all of Asuna's family and Hiko, and that's just who's on 100 That's awesome. This point That's really forward. great. That's really great. I want that to happen. And if it happens, you can ask us about it. <laughs> yeah. We'll yeah, exactly. Oh, dude. Okay, did we do it? We jumped around. There was a lot to cover. Dude, the games themselves were really interesting, and the meta change was really interesting. Interesting in a ridiculously frustrating way, because it was like watching people that were painting beautiful works of art just decide to use different tools and not paint as well the whole week. <laughs> mm -hmm. But exactly, it was cool though. Yeah, it was yeah. interesting. I think we got yeah. through it, no? I think so. I, I'm excited for next week. Next week will be officially like the halfway point for at least the group man. stage. So I know, isn't it? It's going by so fast. It's almost going by too fast. So we'll talk about it next week when we talk about which teams are doomed and which teams are... Uh, I don't know a worm that rhymes with doomed, but which, which teams have bloomed which teams into the beautiful cool. flowers? Yeah, bloom. Yeah. There we go. Oh, yeah. you got it. Oh, there you go. Thank you. All right. Okay. Let's hit the stop button right <laughs> Let there. us do that. Oh God. Ice.